I can already hear the chorus of execration. How dare I say such a horrible thing? How dare I stir up trouble and inflame feelings by repeating such a conversation? My answer is that I do not have the right not to do so. This is the most deceptive, vicious world. It is vicious, it's full of lies, deceit, and deception. See, the Jews are all in the government. And we have got to get in those areas. We've got to get the man in charge of the Jewish Monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. The future belongs to sovereign and independent nations. And now, coming to you from the realm of reason, this is The Fetch, and you are live, Inside the Eye. Okay, check one, two. Okay, from... Go figure, huh? All right, everybody, from Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, this is The Fetch... And you are indeed live inside the eye. Today's date is Saturday, January the 27th, and a good, not January 27th, what is today? February the 3rd, 2024. And a good morning to everyone up and down the Americas and on up into Canada, and a good late afternoon to early evening to everyone in Europe. European and West Asian time zones and a good late Saturday to early Sunday morning to everyone in East Asian time zones. And of course, for everyone listening out there on the World Wide Web, may I be well with you and yours. Kind of a chilly day here in Riyadh. Daytime highs hit just, let me take a look here, 67 degrees, I believe, is uh, the highs today. It wasn't very high at all. Uh, 67 degrees. You know, I was trying to, re- by the way, guys, I was trying to record everything low locally here and the whole computer froze so i shut it all down really fast and uh, apparently my microphone went down with it so we're not recording locally after all i can't stream to you with the bandwidth they give me and uh, conduct a radio show so i've shut down the live stream because it just doesn't work unfortunately all right so we're going to record locally you just have to do that privately that's not good Anyways, uh, today's high at just 67 degrees. We had our overnight low of 44. That's actually the coldest we've had all year. We were expected to be down around 39. It didn't quite make it. So 44, that's it. That may be the lowest we're going to get for all of this year, which is not very cold. I do admit, uh, I remember much colder days here. We've had, we have had this week some snow up in the northern parts of Saudi Arabia, but that's about it. And uh, But here it's kind of uh, hazy, 
A little bit of wind, but hazy for sure. Uh, 67 degrees, again, the daytime high. Right now, at just after 7, it's a little bit chilly. It's about 54, 55 degrees. I don't know what, somewhere around there. And uh, by showtime, we're going to be down to 50. We're going to be going down to an overnight low of 47, which, again, is uh, not so bad. So, again, we're... You know, 44, 45 this week. Mainly lows are going to be in the 50s and the 40s. So nice days here in Riyadh. We're getting ready for uh, quite a big week here. We have uh, locally what's called the World Defense Show. It's going to be coming up uh, starting tomorrow. It's going to be about 100,000 visitors are going to be coming in to visit the World Defense Show. It's really I think, uh, and they're not going to be able to do it. You know, I, I know the people there. They're kind of, I know many people there within the event and the organizers. And, um, they're not going to be able to do it. They were like, Dennis, we want to like supplant IDEX. I'm like, you ain't going to get the IDEX. Forget it, guys, because your show's too expensive for one. And it's Saudi Arabia in the middle of nowhere. You can't compete with Dubai and Abu Dhabi and all that kind of cool stuff when it comes to the waters and everything else. But no, they've done a great job here in Saudi Arabia. They're actually going to be testing. I heard somewhere that they're going to be test marketing somewhere. I don't know if it's in Jeddah or maybe Riyadh, but they're going to be test marketing, selling alcohol to non-Arab people. I heard that was going to be a test market coming up soon. I don't know for sure if that is for sure, for sure, but I actually saw that, everybody. They may actually be bringing out alcohol finally after all of these years, you know, after all of these years where we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. The British, you know, they're going to be the most upset about this issue as to anybody because the British were always known to be the black marketeers of alcohol here. You know, they have so many different things with British aerospace and their embassy is obviously still pretty strong. So they are uh, kind of famous for the bootleg alcohol and the illegal alcohol that was traded here back, especially 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. The British were famous, especially coming out of Damam and somewhat here in the, in the Riyadh area. So they're probably going to be the most upset because if they actually start selling alcohol legally to the non-Muslims now, it'll be to non-Muslims, then um, what's going to happen is the British are going to be put out of business. Their, their days of drug running alcohol Alcohol into Saudi is going to be put to an end. Sorry, you Brits, but uh, you knew it had it. It had to come one day. But nonetheless, that's how much Saudi is changing. So we have World Defense Show coming up this tomorrow, and yours truly is going to be at that show. It's a very big show again. Over one hundred thousand visitors, six hundred delegates. Um, five days starting tomorrow, from the fourth to the eighth. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, that's five days, and uh, runs all uh, obviously all week. Uh, tomorrow's going to be for the VIPs. So if you're a VIP or you're part of the exhibition crew or you have special access, then uh, come on in tomorrow. Uh, going to be great tomorrow evening. From what I hear, there's going to be a hell of a buffet. You know, if you can get into the show, going to be a hell of a buffet featuring all kinds of different foods from, I don't know, maybe around the world. If it's just Saudi, I'm going to be disappointed. I've had Saudi food too much. But nonetheless, I've got guests coming into the show. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun just to associate with some of my colleagues around the world you know so it's going to be just a lot of fun what can i say so that's that's the latest here in saudi great weather very chilly 
and the World Defense Show is going to be huge. And then uh, I'll be cutting out of Saudi Arabia for a little bit and then coming back and probably be wrapping up my time here in Saudi sometime about May, something like that, because uh, I have a one-year visa and it's going to expire, so I'll be out of here. So nonetheless, uh, getting ready, guys. It's been a, a good good time here. We've got a lot accomplished the past year, and I'm looking forward to seeing where we do and what we do come the summertime. So there you have it. All right. Where do we want to start with the show? I want to start really with this idea of information warfare. And, and, and you know, if there was, if you've been watching some of the news, you know, we, you know, Alex Jones, you know, he's, he's the clown of the, in, in some respects, he's really good at what he does. It's not, let's not, you know, belittle people for what they have contributed. But ever since he's come back over the past two, three, four months after he got reinstated back on X, he's become kind of like a clown, you know. For instance, there was a tweet he put out just yesterday or an X. I don't know what you call them now. You can't call them tweets. Maybe you still can, but he put out something like, you know, relative to the attack on the American soldiers this week, they say it was either, I don't know, outpost number 22 or something like that. And outpost 22 is like, um, supposed to be in Jordan. I honestly think this was a false flag. The Israelis pretty much did this to get the Americans involved and the Americans have indeed gotten involved effective yesterday, really this morning. And something like uh, 85 different, let me get into that part later um but nonetheless is uh you know you got this guy alex jones saying you know yes it's good we attacked them because they attacked us and it's like you know what alex jones you become full clown you know you don't understand the full like full geopolitics of what's going on over here but nonetheless we'll get into that a little bit later in the show i promise so what's happened is that as you know, there is a concerted effort to keep influencers off the airwaves. For instance, um, I think I shared with you last week uh, the the message from Graham Hart. And Graham Hart, as you know, used to be, used to be, he still is a good guy, but he used to be the head of the Cornwall Independence Movement. He was a very popular figure and still remains in the Cornwall area. And um, I got a call, but I'm not going to take that. Um, hold on. Let me just take this because I have the show tomorrow. And uh, hold on one second while I put you guys on mute because I have this show tomorrow, guys. And I just have to coordinate this and I'm the coordinator. So, okay. Hold on one second while I mute this thing. Mute me. Okay, everybody. Sorry about that. I'm back. Unfortunately, I'm actually coordinating for a particular company here. And uh, it's crunch time here. And so I am now back. Don't worry, guys. If I was missing, it's because you couldn't hear what the conversation was going on. Uh, so I may uh, today, because of the, the, the show tomorrow, you may hear me cut out every now and then because I have to take some emergency calls uh, because it starts tomorrow. And unfortunately, I'm kind of coordinating a lot of it. So nonetheless, I'm back. All right. So where were we at? We were talking about the information warfare and how like Alex Jones, he's come back, he's completely clown world type of mindset. But there's other things too. We're talking about Graham Hart, you know, and one of his one of his uh, releases was that he can't contribute or do anything. Uh, and, and you had Renegade Broadcast and Inside the Eye Live were specifically mentioned to where he can't go on. And they made it for like 10 years. I had a colleague here this coming this past week. 
he was kind of like invited to leave the UK. He's a Saudi citizen. He was invited to leave the UK because, and he's not even a political guy. You know what I mean? He's not even, but he's like, just a young kid just looking at the math, you know, and he says, look, they've killed, you know, he was in a, a class and there's like, a, he's going through the numbers, you know, there's 30,000 dead and it's been a hundred days. That's 3000 a day. And you divide that by 24 hours and it's 150 people an hour and yada, yada, he just did the math and everyone's kind of shocked because they were trying to make it out like, Hey, this isn't a genocide. This is all well and good. It should all be this way. It's all great. Well, you know, they probably did a search on him. They saw some of my stuff, some of the social public stuff that is out there, and they probably just disinvited him to come to the to uh, to uh, the UK. Basically, he was invited to leave. He wasn't forced out, but they kind of like let him know he's not welcome. So he said, "Okay, no problem. You know, you ch- change the visa status, whatever. I'm leaving." So he left. Uh, and not illegally, nothing like that. Everything was legitimate. But nonetheless, this happens. And really, when you look at it, it's always about silencing people relative to one thing. And that's the Jewish question or the Jewish problem. Not the question, but the problem. And Jews would like to answer the question, which in the old days was, what do we do? You know, what do we do about uh, these Jews? Well, that new Jewish question is, we Jews are going to answer the question. And the answer of that question is, you will do nothing because we control you. We dominate you. We control your police. We control your governments. We control your foreign policy. We control your money. We control your media. We control your banking. We control your cultural institutions. We control your courts. You will do nothing. This is the Jewish message to the American people, to the British people, to the Irish people, to all of Western civilization. You will do nothing to us anymore because we dominate you and we control you. And you can see that because who else are you not allowed to criticize? That old cliche, if you want to know who can tell you, uh, who is it that you can't criticize? You know, that that old cliche. But nonetheless, it's all very well true. And um, this week, you know, we, we mentioned it last week. And I mentioned, I, I want to start it off again, is that the information warfare, it's not just about people losing their audience, like by getting blocked. For instance, I've been cut from Twitter. I've been cut from um uh, YouTube and, and these were after being shadow banned for who knows how much. Uh, I've been cut now this from Gab. I'm actually blocked from Gab. I am not allowed to get onto Gab anymore. I don't know if this is a, a collaboration between Cloudfair and Gab or whether Gab just kind of said block these air, these guys. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I can access my site, but only through like uh, Tor. You can't really do it through a VPN. You can access Gab anymore from Saudi Arabia. And you're like, why? You know what I mean? Why? Why would Gab, if, if, it, if it is indeed a free speech platform, why would they enable a Jewish Cloudfare company to filter out who's able to get to it? And can you control it? Are you aware of just who's being blocked? You know, that type of thing. So the idea now is that Gab... We have to presume, and that's not necessarily true, we're just making a presumption, that Gab is now utilizing Cloudfair 
to cut people's access to the website. This way, it's not them, you know. We're the great free speech people of the whole universe. You know, so it doesn't look like they're doing the actual banning. They're doing the cutting. They're doing the censoring, etc. But here's the deal. It's not just that they censor us with the audience. You know what I mean? And it harms us in some degree because we literally lose our audience. But, you know, for instance, I'm, I'm like very confident that Gab, although it supposedly is free speech, it was blocking me. You know, it was keeping my, my uh, reach down, my cum down. And the reason I say that is heck, you know, Gabs was what Andrew Torba. He actually doesn't even, he wouldn't even uh, let me follow him. You know, I'm actually blocked from following Andrew Torba. And you might think, why in the hell, seriously, why in the hell is a guy with only 15, 1600 followers being blocked everywhere he goes, being censored everywhere he goes, being denied the ability to communicate everywhere he goes? It's like, you know, and it makes you just wonder what the hell is going on? Because is the Fetch's message so small that I don't have an audience? You know, you can think that I know we're getting 12, 14, 1500 downloads a week. That's something to that effect. But it's like, it's not just that I lose the audience. You know what I mean? I can't reach you. But guess what? The audience loses the perspective also. The information warfare isn't so much to harm us as it is to harm the greater good that is here to learn and listen to the information. That is really who this information warfare is targeting. They want to ensure that you, the audience, does not get an opportunity to hear the unique delivery, per se, of what someone like LeFetch delivers. The straightforward, no-nonsense, highly common-sense reality of what we are living in and under today. And this entire information warfare is all about preserving Jewish hegemony over everybody. You look at what's going on in the Middle East now, for instance, and... uh it's like, who do they kill off the most? They're killing off reporters. There was an attack. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Okay, so anyways, I'm getting pinged left and right. You guys have no idea. Um, so, um, it's just, yeah, later. I just the radio. It's like I'm busy. Leave me alone. Anyways, um, so really, that's what's happening late today is we have this huge, massive information warfare. In fact, there was an attack earlier today before the Americans started bombing everybody. Um, there was an attack in the Deir al-Azhar area of Syria. And it's like the Americans are like, no, no, it ain't us, man. We're not, we're not in that area. Well, yeah. Okay. Everybody then figures out it's the Israelis coordinate everything with the Americans probably, but nonetheless, it was the Israelis. And who was killed? Two more reporters. Jewish people, almost this evil satanic entity are most interested in silencing voices 
that could change the Overton window, that can change people's perceptions, that can make them become aware of just what is happening in the world today. And as you can see, they will really stop at nothing to, to ensure that their goals are met. I mean, my goodness. And, and, and you know, when you really look at everything, it's so idiotically stupid what's happening with the Israeli position. They are desperate to stay in their Neanderthal, pre-medieval, prehistoric, barbaric mentality, while the rest of humanity truly does want to move on. Think about it. Humanity wants to move along. And what does the Jewish side of it want humanity to do? They know they can't move on. Think about this. From a development perception, Jewish people understand they can't move on. They're stuck in this old, primitive, medieval, pre-medieval, barbaric, decaying mindset. Most Jews, everybody, are so freaking stupid, they can't get beyond Adolf Hitler. I mean, think about it. They can't get beyond a stupid thing called a Holocaust. They want the whole world to stop, slow down, focus on something that happened that they believe happened 80 years ago. That's how primitive these people are. That's how pathetic these people are. As if any of that has anything to do with us today. Because it doesn't, other than the fact that to preserve this paradigm, which is this Neanderthal, barbaric, pre-medieval mindset, purely an evil, which we would say in the West, satanic mindset, is that in order for them to preserve it, they want to attack each and every one of us out there and listen If you are somebody that is semi-curious and you're here to hear things and you're here to learn and you want to learn and you want to see a different perspective, you know something's not right, but you just can't put your finger on it. And there's so many voices out there, but there's very, very few, very few that have been on the line of attack that Inside the Eye Live and others like us have been doing for the past 15, 20 years. We have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience in dealing with IDF jackass trolls, moronic, stupid Jews that come along to try to control our speech, knucklehead idiots in the actually pretty sadistic too, in the uh, transgender LGBTQ world. We've experienced all of this. We've had it all thrown at us, and we've all come out pretty much, if not unscathed, we've healed up well enough. They're attacking you so that you can hear what everybody else that knows has to say. It's a hedge back after this.
You're listening to Speak Free Radio, the free speech internet radio platform. Hello, I'm Jodie Kay, and I'm here to tell you about my debut album, The Acorn. The Acorn is a concept album with 14 tracks. It's an album of three parts. The first part is in honor and memory of those who have lost their lives or had their lives taken. The middle section honors traditional folklore. The second half is dedicated to us, to inspire us and to remind us of our duty to preserve our history and our culture so that we can pass this on to future generations. The album is available on CD and digital download from my website www.jodyk.com I think there are two ways in which people are controlled. First of all, frighten people, and secondly, demoralize them. An educated, healthy, and confident nation is harder to govern. And I think there's an element in the thinking of some people. We don't want people to be educated, healthy and confident because they would get out of control. <laughs> the top 1% of the world's population own 80% of the world's wealth. It's incredible that people put up with it. They're poor, they're demoralized, they're frightened. And therefore they think perhaps the safest thing to do is take orders and hope for the best. Welcome back. It's the Fetch. Uh, it's uh, it's the Fetch inside the Eye Live Intelligent Media for the Politically Aware. I want to say thanks to Mister VH behind the scenes, dude. You really helped me out a lot. So actually, I appreciate it. He's been encouraging me a lot, and uh, thank you for that. You know what? We're pretty self confident guys, but it always helps to to get. To, to get some nice things said behind the scenes and it does help dude so thank you appreciate it and plus appreciate your semi producing it in the background uh he's not official guys he's not gonna dedicate like that but i i just assure you um he's just made my life the past six weeks very much easier to do the radio if i'm dead it's like he lets me know i'm dead all right we're gonna run out to the phones real quick to an old friend of ours bruce in texas hello bruce how are you welcome to inside the eye live Hey, man, have a good time at your big show. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. You know, what's interesting about this show, Bruce, and I'll share this with everybody. 
there's a main hall, okay? You you come into the hall, and I'm thinking, you know, if I'm the Americans, right? Because I know most of the Americans, at least I know some of them. Not most, but some of them, right? So you got the Boeings and the General Dynamics, and these people are going to be there, right? And so they're like, um, there's three halls at this big show, right? The main entrance... And there's only one entrance. I talked to the organizers. I said, you know, you're going to piss off the Americans. And they're like, why? And I said, because you only have one entrance. And that entrance, the first thing you see when you come through the door is China, 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 more China, China, more China, and then Saudi Arabia and the Russians. The Americans are off in some other booth, and they're far away tucked in the corner. Some of the Americans are going to take that as a sign, guys, that you're just isolating them, putting them back in the corner. And they looked at me, and they didn't even think about it. You know, it wasn't in their minds. But, you know, in in this world of diplomatic uh, signaling, you know what I mean? It really looks like they just shoved the Americans off into the corner, far off in the far back corner away from the main door. And so it's like they are the furthest you can get from where the action's going to be with the Saudis and now the Chinese and the Russians. It's like, damn. If I'm American, I'm like taking this as a bit of a single signal that, uh, you know, this isn't a good thing. Uh, I don't think they planned it that way as a message. I think it's just the way they laid it out. But that's what it looks like, you know. So anyways, guys, there you go. <laughs> you know, that's going to be interesting. I'm going to talk to my American guys tomorrow and say, hey, guys, what do you think of this? Isn't this kind of suck? They're going to feed it into their brains. Uh, no, I better not do that. Anyway, Bruce, how are you? All right. Hey, thanks for that inside intel from the fetch. Appreciate that. <laughs> Welcome. You know, uh, I was at the Wings of Houston. I was at the Wings of Houston Air Show last October, and um, I actually got to see uh, not only the usual aircraft you see, which are pretty interesting, they're mostly Allied, but the, there was a MiG fifteen, and I talked with the pilot of it, uh, so that flew around, and there was an authentic MiG, uh, uh, not MiG, a uh, a two sixty two, a German, uh, what the hell? Wow, Messerschmitt two sixty two. The first fighter. Jimmy two six Messerschmitt, yeah, something else. I I was a historian of some of the German stuff, so yeah, Jimmy two six twos were kind of cool. The Falkwolf one hundred nines, one tens, Dornier two seventeens, and the two tens. You know, used to know all that craps, dude. Uh huh. Yeah, something else there. Hey, uh, I'm gonna make a proclamation here. We had World War One, World War Two, and now Joe Biden and his Jews are gonna bring us. This is gonna be World War Jew. It's the total Jew war in Europe and Asia. Can you believe that? She called it World War One, World War Two, and World War Jew Three. Yeah, maybe it's all Jewish. Every single one of these is Jewish, you know. And, and people should wake up. Every single war is being fought for Jewish banking interests. Screw this crap, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're in numerology and all that stuff. I'm gonna throw this at you. What's with this? military base named tower 22 tower um, 22 i mean to me that that that's kind of like a reference to 9 11 tower one tower yeah. two, you got two towers you got two towers. well here's something that is very interesting all right i'll tell you what since you brought it up this is the first thing that comes to my mind it's it's not what you think it is 
this could spell the end of the Jewish state. And the reason why I say that is because we have two numbering systems in play. All right, guys, get ready. Petch is going to give a prognostication. Did I say that correctly? Prognostication? See, look, there's two systems. One is uh, the 22 system, okay? And that's going to be working with the Hebrew alphabet. So if you look at Hebrew Kabbalah, obviously it's going to be based on the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Understood? 22 yeah. letters. Yeah. 22. Okay. Now that's because that's what I thought when I said, hmm, 22 sounds a bit odd because that's the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. It's like the Jordanians when they first said, no, this, there was no attack on our land. It never happened. I mean, so I'm thinking there's something more to this than just they attacked us, right? The next is the tower itself. And if you look at the tower itself, it, it's destruction. It's the 13th card of the major arcanum, I believe, or the 16th card. I believe 16 is hermit, I think, or nine is hermit. I forget. I'm, I, it's so far removed from this now, but I think maybe the 13th card is the tower and it deals with destruction. So maybe this is a Kabbalistic or a esoteric thing, meaning that the destruction of the 22 system, which would be really signaling the start of the end of the Jewish state. How's that sound? Sounds, sounds legit. You know, as I got questions about this whole thing, though. And I'm going to put out like maybe four or five points, and then that would probably be the end of my call there. First of all, it's supposed to have been a drone, right? A drone attack by some mysterious, you know, militia no. attached or supported by Iran is, is the narrative. Well, first of all, a drone, we all seen drones, you know, unless it was like a U.S. military drone, a huge thing that would be easily spotted. How does this thing cause so much damage? Uh, what kind of bomb? I don't think it has to carry a, a regular military drone that maybe a militia would deploy with. Be able to cause all this destruction. That's that's number one. So I, I'm thinking maybe it was a truck bomb or something that was placed where it could kill the most sympathetic of, of people in the military. Your young black E ones and E twos. You know, let me to make like a George Floyd incident to try to get sympathy. That's that's number one. And uh, like I said, Tower Twenty Two. That that's kind of odd. And. It's just this whole thing seems fake to me. I, I don't know. I don't hear anybody else talking about this, but I think we need to hold out because uh, I was I was in the military when the, the U.S. Uh, Marine barracks at the uh, French embassy was bombed there in Beirut, 1983. And before that, Reagan was kind of, you know, he was trying to play both sides. He was trying to be a neutral and the whole thing. In fact, he called out the, the Israelis for uh, committing a genocide, a Holocaust against Palestinian refugees by using their, their allied militias to machine gun uh, people in, in a refugee camp. And then this happens, all of a sudden, the, the U.S., the Iowa-class battleship pulls up and starts pounding the Israeli en- you know, enemies. So, so this happens, and Netanyahu was in, U- in Washington, D.C., as a charge of affairs in the Israeli government. So he's kind of like, like in the shadows of this thing. And during 9-11, Netanyahu was the prime minister, and now here we have Netanyahu again, and this whole thing, it just seems like it's just too convenient to me. And I, I don't know. What do you think? 
Well, to me, it's too convenient, too. I mean, the neocons are, are desperate, let's be honest, to start World War III. They want to go into Iran. They can't. Everybody knows they can't, but they don't care. They're not the ones doing the killing. They're not the ones doing the dying. But they can't go into, uh, they can't go into Iran. No way. And I think smarter heads are prevailing. But, uh, the only way they're going to get to go into Iran is to have some, again, false flag that justifies down there. And, uh, disappearing. For what are we? This thing jams too. Um, that's okay. Just check it again, guys, before we roll along with the show. It's got a throw Um, close you and go through here. And I see that going out just fine. Uh, speak for your radio is fine. Everything seems to be okay. But that would be a guy and it's kind of like oh, it's something like that. I don't know why it happens, but it does happen. And again, um, don't don't ask me why. I have no clue. Just don't know. All right. So, anyways, the I live intelligent media for the politically aware. It's uh, if you want to try to get into the phone today three two three seven five. That's one. Three two three two seven five one three one four. Uh, get you in. The other way is to come into the back channels. Again, why there is audio? I've got audio going out. It's going out. I can see it going out. Again, I can see it going out. So I don't know. I have to go to the check room. There. So some of some may have no audio, but I can see it actually going. See it going around. Going out should be fine. Inside the live dot com. Inside the live dot com. Going to be a short. Uh, inside the live dot com forward slash live live. Come on, guys! I can't type. Live dash chat. Okay, live dash chat. And uh, we're checking in now. I'm going to close a bunch of these windows just to save some bandwidth. And uh, let's see here. Who's there? We're uh, coming along. It's all very well good. And um, I don't see any problems there in the chat room. So, guys, anyways, um, that's inside the iLive.com forward slash ITEL or forward slash inside the iLive.com forward slash live dash chat is all well and good. So you want to check it out through there. Um, and let's see now. We were talking about first first part there, the information uh, warfare. And um, uh, another issue we find is cancel culture. You know, not only are people like me banned now, I can't even get to Gab. It's supposed to be like the most friendly, popular, what do you call it, uh, site out there that allows for free speech. I can't reach it. It's not like I can say they're actually banning me, but I just can't reach it. It's not possible. But um, it's not just that. It's it's things like just banning people from... Uh, being able to have a voice. For instance, there's this guy, he's a U.S. billionaire, and he coordinated um, with uh, Harvard University. 
And Harvard, again, is a Jewish school. And there's a guy named Ken Griffin. And he's announcing that he's no longer going to financially support the university because students support for Palestine. See, again, it's the same thing. Jews want to take away everything unless you literally kiss their asses. And, you know, at what point do we say, you know what, we don't need this in our society. We just don't need it. Why do we need this level of in-your-face nepotism to Jews and Jews only? Everything has to deal with politics. Everything has to deal with Jews. Jews want to complain that, oh, there's a rise in anti-Semitism, yada, 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 yada. They sound like nothing but a bunch of cackling idiots, yet everything is about them. It's like, you know what, wake the frick up, dudes. We can't, we can't breathe without you Jews saying something. We can't, we can't speak without you Jews complaining or whining like a bunch of five-year-old morons. You can't have a voice without people saying, I'm going to take my money and go home because you're not Jewish enough. What does that mean for you in terms of, of continuing to support the university? I know that after, um, you know, in response to the signatories that, that placed the blame squarely with Israel for the terrorist attacks, um, you said you wouldn't hire anyone from any of those groups. Do you still feel that way? And no, I, I precisely said I would not hire any of the signatures, but anybody who signed signature. the letter, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's very easy to be a member of a club. You show not, up for no. drinks, and you didn't know, you didn't partake, you weren't asked. And I, I think for those students to be dragged into this is just wrong, right? They, they're their own people. They can make their own decisions. They're not all, don't paint them all with the same brush. But if you sign that letter, no, I'm, I'm not going to hire you. I don't have to. And are you, and, and they're cheering, right? Still supporting Harvard financially. No. Yeah. It's like, but they're cheering. These are the same freaking ass, excuse my language, assholes that have 26 to 28 laws on the books that says if you don't want to financially support Israel, it's a crime. Now think about that. This guy gets up on the on the stage, Puffy, I'm not going to do hire you if you signed a letter. I'm not going to support Harvard anymore because I don't like the fact that you're all a bunch of raving pro-Palestinian activists. Yet on the other side, they want to Force us to kiss Jewish asses. You want a state contract with the state of Texas? You got to sign a pledge that you're not going to boycott Israel. So you can get boycotted by these freaking assholes. Excuse the language, because that's what they are. They'll boycott you all day long. They'll keep you from getting a job. They'll keep you from having a social media account. They'll cut your banking. But to hell be if you want to actually do something on the other side. They criminalize it. At what point do we say, you know what? We really don't need this in our country. We don't need this type of mentality within our midst. And start putting things down firmly that says, for instance, any pro-Jewish stance is a pro-genocidal stance. It is a crime against humanity. And if you support the Jewish state, you are supporting genocide. And if you want to support genocide, you will forfeit every single bit of your assets to pay for the genocide that the Jews that you support so much are committing right now. Everything from HIAS, H-I-A-S or something like that, 
All these 600 or 700 or 1,000 or something Jewish organizations that support Israel, every single one of those should be defunded because they are supporting a genocide. Make it very clear to them. They should not have any, any, any breathing room on this issue. The idea that we're only, quote-unquote, protecting ourselves. We hear that from the Israelis all the time. Now, how many of you, seriously, how many of you, right now, okay? Something happened to you 100 days ago, 200 days ago, 100 days ago. And uh, everything that you said is false, but it happened to you anyways, right? So you're the one that went out and you killed all of your family, you killed all of your friends. You killed everybody that you're whining about the victim did. So you're projecting your crime onto somebody else. And then you want to turn around and pontificate to the world how you're now protecting yourself. And you're going to keep killing people. What type of bizarre world would you be living in? But if you if you actually lived in that world, you are actually emulating Jewish society today. You are emulating what it means to be a Jew today. Think about that. Personally, I find it absolutely, utterly amazing that every time Israel gets on the stage, they'll say, this massacre that happened on October 7th, it was done by you freaking Jews, man. Because this is a military operation. You know what? You know what Hamas did? They went in there and they wiped out some of these strategic Israeli brigades that were actually down there persecuting the people in Gaza. And it was highly successful. They took over, I think, 180 some odd, some odd prisoners that were mostly military. There's over 100 military men still there. Some of them are commanders. Down in Gaza today, and all you hear about is we need, we're not going to stop the war until you release the hostages. You're sitting there freaking holding 7,000 hostages in your jails yourself, you freaking morons. Man, what it does it mean to be a Jew? You can just get up there on the global stage and be a freaking idiot in our faces? Does it really mean to be, to be Jewish? You got to be freaking stupid? I mean, seriously. What do they think? Everybody's some stupid five year old? Actually, that is what they think. They think you ain't got a brain, man. That's why they want to silence all the voices, all the different people that are telling the story, getting the information out there, because you're just a five-year-old. You're, you're going to listen to whatever they say. They can just control that narrative. Oh, gosh, if we can just control, control what you goyim think, you're going to do whatever we tell you to because we control your mind. And again, think about that. The rest of us, we want to move on from this crap. Nobody wants to be held back by a bunch of idiotic, freaking moronic Jews. I mean, think about it. And then to be about anti-Jewish, it's like, pro us. We, we don't care about you guys. Go back to your caves. Go back to your Neanderthal way of thinking. Go back to whatever it is. I don't know this pre-medieval mindset that you have. But just practice it within yourselves. Breed yourself off the planet or something, but stop trying to take us down with you. You're the biggest, I mean, Jews have proven to be one of the biggest boat anchors in the history of mankind. Where would Western civilization be today 
If you weren't saddled by this boat anchor called Judaism, riding in your midst, being a parasite on everything you want to do, stealing your rights, stealing your, your motivation, stealing your society, poisoning everything about your world. They want for themselves this great ethnostate where Jews get to have this, this right to, to, uh, have, you know, freedom to express themselves and govern themselves and be themselves. And oh, isn't this great to be this great Jewish homeland? And the rest of us, as someone was saying the other day, we get all democracy. We get Jews controlling our media, Jews controlling our banking, Jews controlling our politicians. We got Jews controlling our education. We got to deal with this ethno, the very same people that want to worship their ethno state, want to lord over our countries, not give us the right to self-determination. And imagine, think, I mean, seriously, think about it. Where would Western civilization be today if we were not saddled by the boat anchor that is the Jewish people? Where would we be had Jews not stepped in and literally diverted our natural progression as a unique race or set of people on this planet? Where would we be today? It would probably be so fascinating, frankly, because we are innovators. We are thinkers. We are philosophers. We're not a mind in the gutter thinking about crap and turd and 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 fart jokes all day because we're so fecally fecally focused like the jewish people oh giggle 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 let's giggle about somebody's farting all day right welcome to judaism 101 what it means to be a jewish uh a jewish comedian you gotta have a bunch of fart jokes in your in your in your in your uh in your um what's that for in your uh in your your uh, inventory of jokes you're going to be telling. Cute, right? But think about it. We're dealing with boat anchors. That's really what Jewish people are to us in the West, just a giant boat anchor. Why do we need to, to always, you know what I mean? We're like, we can't talk. You know, oh my gosh, Jews, you've offended us. Who gives a shit whether we offended you, dude? Go back to Israel. That's why we fought all these wars for you. You freaking knuckleheads. Get out of our way. We want our own self-determination. Not some determination determined by some some uh, benighted nutcase that thinks everything is offensive. Let me think about it. My goodness. We can't even talk because you Jews are in the room. I mean, and then you're like, you wonder why, why you're not very comfortable around us? Well, you don't let us be comfortable. We're like, every time a Jew walks in the room, we're like... Shit, who threw the eggshells everywhere? They weren't here a second ago. It's like the Jew shows up and eggshells, poof. It's a magic trick. Eric shells everywhere. Be careful where you step because it's actually eggshells made out of glass. It's dangerous. It could cut you. My goodness. Actually, whoa, whoa. That's a, that was an old eggshell. That looked like an ostrich eggshell. That, that, that eggshell big. I think I can miss that one. You know, it's like the pigeon eggshells you got to watch out for. But nonetheless, guys, uh, you know, looking at what's happening in the world today, really the boat anchor on humanity is the Jewish people. And it's become very clear. You can, you can't boycott them, but they get to boycott you. It is the most hypocritical, insanely stupid 
mindset of the Jewish people. It's like, you know, you can't put two and two together and come up with 900. And, well, let me change that. You can't put two and two together in six million unless you're Jewish. You know, some things just common sense isn't going to make sense unless you're Jewish. Like, so two plus two equals six million. Yes, sir. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because if you don't believe two plus two is six million, I mean, my goodness, you're what? You're anti-Semitic. I mean, because a Jew told you that. You know what I mean? It's the common sense of, of what's going on here. And that's what needs to be put back into play is we need to bring back our common sense and let our common sense actually dictate this. You know, there's a guy, a a Russian guy, he was on a a new HBO uh, show and his name was, he's Serbian, a Serbian Russian actor, Milos Bikovic. And he's not going to be returning to a show called White Lotus. It's in its third airing. Why? Why isn't a guy, Serbian-Russian actor, who's by all indications been a very successful part of the show, and uh, he's being kicked off because he's being targeted by a bunch of Jews. That's what Ukrainians are, a bunch of Jews. And um, it's just, this. do we really want to live in this world forever? Honestly, do we really want this for ourselves in the future? No, we don't. So we're going to have to put an end to it. It's the fetch inside the eye and line back after this. Postmodernism, from the Supreme Court right down to family court, and talking about all the different ways the extortion racket known as the justice system screws you over. Sure, you love freedom, but do you love freedom enough? Join me, Alexander Baker, your legal expert, right here on Speak Free Radio, Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Freedom enough. First off, we ought to look at the word nation, because the word nation is oftentimes used as a synonym for country. That's not what the word means. Uh, There are people who take uh, an oath or pledge of allegiance, one nation under God. Not one country under God, one nation. I'll turn to Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition. It's the centennial edition of Black's, first published in 1891. This is a 1991 edition. The word nation. They rely upon Montoya versus United States, found at 180 U.S. 261, 21 Supreme Court Reporter at 358. Or 45 Lawyers Edition, page 521. Quote, with regards to defining the word nation, a people or aggregation of men existing in the form of an organized general society, usually inhabiting a distinct portion of the earth, speaking the same language, well, I guess we've kind of lost out on that one, haven't we? 
using the same customs, I think we failed there as well, possessing historic continuity and distinguished from other like groups by their racial origin. Well, if you're white, you can't use that word. And characteristics. And generally, but not necessarily, living under the same government and sovereignty. You are listening to Speak Free Radio, the free speech internet radio platform. Everybody, welcome back. It is the Fetch inside the Eye Live Intelligent Media for the Politically Aware. And, uh, yeah, okay. And, um, people in the studio area, if any of you two would like to go live, just kind of put a message in the chat room and I'll bring you in. Cause I know some of you like to come here just to listen to the show. So guys, you can come in and listen to the show. We stream the video from time to time. It's at uh, speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL, uh, speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL. Okay, Jimmy means uh, maybe you'd like to go on the air. Is that uh, correct? If so, we're going to add you to the uh, stage here. Uh, you want to go live? I'm chatting to people behind the scenes, everybody. And again, that's at speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL. Looks like his mic is now live. So you're, you're live, dude. You got the live mic. It's now unmuted. Jimmy, new voice here. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Yeah, hey, nice to say hi to you, Fetch. Uh, man, I've been listening to your show for a while, so it's the first time I was able to say hi. But you remind me, awesome. first time I see your picture, you remind me of my uncle. And he, he, he was over in Saudi Arabia as an architect back in the, you know, in the day. Mm-hmm. But, it, but anyway, um, uh, man, I just want to know. I mean, first of all, I really like all the stuff that you say, and you got a lot of common sense and a lot of smarts, too. But um, I'm wondering, why doesn't the big money in the Middle East uh, buy a major television station in the West to let all this, you know, information, Mm. you know, go? I mean, that would be good money you know, honestly, I have thought of broaching that with people here. You know what I mean? Um, unfortunately, it's not my business per se. I kind of agree with you. Uh, 
I honestly do. You know, Medvedev also came out this week and said kind of like the same thing you're saying is, look, he says what we have to understand is there are a lot of really good young politicians coming up in the West, not this stuffy old paunch stuff from the, you know, the old school, this, these morons that are running our system now. I said, you know, we need to reach out and start helping these people. And like a television station would be like a really great idea, some type of communications platform, maybe even a payment platform that can compete with a PayPal. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Or compete with a GoFundMe, something that would be, you know, really smart from a public relations point of view that says, hey, look, we're going to support our friends in America because they do like us. They, they, trust me, you, you, your uncle could tell you that equally. They like Americans. They like us old school type of way of thinking. And um, I agree with you. I, I, again, I agree. You know, uh, how to do it, obviously, I don't know. Well, there's just so many people that don't know what what you know and and I know, but um, it just it, it seems like that's the big bomb, you know. That's the biggest uh, weapon you can use against them is the f- freedom of speech and and telling the truth, you know. So you know, I'll tell you what happened here, just to give you an idea of how seriously governments take the media. You've heard of Mohammed bin. Uh, Talal, something bin Talal, the guy that ran Kingdom Tower. He was, uh, what is this? Is it Mohammed bin Talal? But bin Talal owns Kingdom Tower and a few other things. He was the guy that was arrested, one of the big, big guys uh, that was sponsoring Hillary Clinton. He got arrested, right? So I think bin Talal, I forget his first name. Uh, Talal bin Walid, Walid bin Talal, Walid bin Talal. So anyways, he was arrested. He gave up a lot of his fortune. He was funding Hillary Clinton's uh, school in New in Las Vegas that was sending out these activists into the um, the activist world around the world. So they would be sending students to Hillary Clinton. She was in this school. They were teaching them how to be political activists, sending them back home. And then you got all these new age activists collaborating then with the. Uh, uh, U.S. State Department with uh, USAID, some of these various organizations within USAID to force multiply the messages to try to bring regime change and all that kind of fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He set up a TV station. Now, I knew a guy that was his video editor, literally his video editor. So what Walid bin Talal was doing was he had 42 television stations from around the world, you know, some of the big things. He had a crew of four guys that would watch these television stations 24 hours. Every four hours, they had to give a report of what they felt were the key breaking news stories in the world. And then what he would do is use this information to make trades in the in the market. So this was his way of trying to play BlackRock. You know, get the get the gist of what's going on before other people would get it. He set up a television station. Okay, he set one up. You know how long it lasted? No, uh-uh. less than a day. Wow. What? Well, how the did government they... came, yeah. the government came in and said very simply, "It says you are shutting this down." They just find you are something. shutting it down. Yeah. No, they just basically threatened them. If we're gonna, you, you can, we can shoot you, or you're gonna shut it down, basically. But you're shutting this down. You are not gonna have a television station. You are not gonna be competing with us in the media sphere. And he was actually shut down. 
within 24 hours. They let him spend all his money, invest all his money, do everything, get the licenses. And then the same day he launched it, they came in and said, oh, thank you very much. Uh, you're out of business. Thank you very much. You're, you're shutting, right? You're going to shut, right? Yeah. You know, literally mafia style. You're going to shut, right? And uh, he's, I guess I'm going to shut. Wow. Yes, you're right. And, you know, that's kind of what happens here in the West, too, you know. But it's a different yeah. style of mafia, but it's the same mafia. I mean, my goodness, they still shut us down. They still take yeah. us off the air. They, You know, but it's the same mafia, but it's just done a different way. So it's really hard. I, I do know it's possible in the West, and we should focus, like you said, uh, try to see if we can buy up some television stations, media stations, try to get things on the cheap. Uh, again, why not? That type of thing. You know, why not? For me, I've thought about putting a show out that's much less harmful hitting um, that you could sell publicly to public television, public radio stations just to try to get a bigger audience and then twist them on over to inside the iLive, you know, that type of thing. So it is a very key question you ask. It's it's probably one of the most important questions to be dealing with uh, starting again in 2024. I know uh, Kevin McDonald. Are you familiar with Kevin McDonald? Um, he wrote some books about, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, Kevin McDonald was on my show in November ish, just after the Trump was inaugurated not inaugurated, but Trump uh, was declared the winner in 2016. And Kevin McDonald and I had basically the exact same question or, oh. or, or conversation. We need to control the media. You know, that should be one of Trump's priority. This idea that it's fake news. Oh, it's nice. But dude, what are you doing about it? You know, what are you doing? Give me a freaking break, dude. We need to, we need to control it. That means the head of the FCC needs to be a patriot that will start to shut down all this fake news. If you go to Russia, it's a crime. It's a crime to issue fake news. Once they pass that law, BBC, CNN, and U.S. major networks pulled out the same day. As soon as he made it a crime that says, if you do fake news, and everybody knows what fake news is, then uh, we will prosecute you. You, yeah, you're, good. you're a registered, yeah. you're registered. And, and this is, of course, that what something Dodds Act, where Obama basically allowed the media to target U.S. citizens for psychological warfare, and still Congress, after ten years, hasn't stopped that. Give us a freaking break, morons! It's been what thirteen years, and you haven't reversed the Dodd Act that uh, that prevents the media from from targeting us, the American people. Mm-hmm. What the hell's the matter with this? What's the matter with Trump? Why didn't you change it, dude? Why didn't you make this a focal point? Raise the interest. The fake news is all good, but that doesn't solve the problem other than raise awareness, but it's not going to solve the problem. The problem is don't let them operate. Why you give them a voice to our, to, at our expense? So what can I say? I agree. I've thought of it seriously, talking to some people, seeing what we could do to get some investment money to come over back to the States to set something like that up. It would be very interesting, honestly, be an interesting yeah, project. I feel like it's a little bit, little bit weak on, on the big money, Middle East money, you know, like they should, uh, they should, uh, value it, you know, and it's, it's routing out this cancer, you know, and it's, it's, if it can be done with freedom of speech, that's, uh, the best way. The best way. Yeah, I agree. The best way. We don't want people shooting. You know, we could go the French way, <laughs> the German way, and the Brussels way, right. the Belgian way. Hell, they're out on the streets. Their sh- their countries are shut down. I'll get into that story a little bit later. But my goodness, you know, we've got what eight hundred thousand trucks or so heading down to Texas. Yeah. You know, yeah, a friend of mine. And, and we've been, 
if I wanted to go with him, he's going, he went down there and uh, I just said, well, I said, I don't really uh, blame them for trying to come over the border. It's the people that's opening the gates we ought to be uh, dealing with. Hey, that's a cute cat. <laughs> I like Isn't she? <laughs> it's it's showtime. She likes to hang around the desk. Oh, right. <laughs> as long as she doesn't step on my keyboard, she's welcome. <laughs> she's getting big. But yeah, the people that's opening the gates, they're the, they're doing it to all the white countries. We know how that is. And uh both we do. been doing yeah. it down in, in like you know, Spanish countries too. Like uh I think there you know, you were saying last week that a million Jews left Israel. And um two and a half. Two and a half million. Okay, two and a half. Well, I think they're Yeah, they're, they're, they left. Yeah. And I'm like, I bet um let me check sure, make sure I'm still okay, everybody. Because that was actually that stream yard and it's all well and good, it's all working. And let's shut this off real quick because it shows we're back, everybody. That was actually a stream yard issue. Browser, we're using a browser based, uh, what do you call this? And the browser froze. So I think that's what's happening. These brave browsers are going to freeze. And anyway, is there anything you want to add? Well, no, the show, we'd love to hear from the voices. And- no, I'm, I'm, that's about all I had. But, um, you know, I love listening to you, man. And, and you're on it. You know what you're doing and talking about. So I appreciate it a lot, man. I'll, I'll go ahead and cut out. All right. Well, welcome anytime. Uh, you can go ahead and stay. Yeah, cut out. Stay in the background there if you'd like. Uh, that's all well and good. And we know that you're you've been you're live already. And we'll just uh, we'll just let you listen in the background. Or you can go back to listen on another platform. It's all good. All right. Thanks so much. I'm going to remove Jimmy from the line now. And uh, always honest. Are you going to want to live or you want to just stay hanging out in the shadow? And uh, appreciated Jimmy the kind words. That was all awesome. So um, we have a couple people there. Um, uh, so uh, ML, it looks like ML. MI, MI. If you'd like to go live, connect your uh, devices. That's all well and good. So, anyways, guys, um, it's the fetch inside the I Live Intelligent Media for the politically aware. Another interesting thing about the media. Uh, obviously, the silence says, you know, we've I was on a, a call recently and, you know, saying, Fetch, you know, you're kind of a traitor. You're not coming back here. You're not giving your dues to the people. I'm like, you know, five of my people have been arrested, five or seven people, something like that. Six people that have been on my radio show have been arrested. One of those is a guy by the name. And I, by the way, one time I returned from this, the Middle East and I spent six hours being interrogated by our immigration people. Like, why are you overseas? I'm like, what do you mean? Why am I overseas? I'm a businessman. Why would you not be overseas? I'm a businessman. You know, how do you do business? You have to go and see your, you see your people, see your customers, get involved, see what the problems are and try to solve them, all that stuff. And I was kind of young, but they kept me for like six hours in immigration in LAX. It was kind of not cool. Then stopped by Canadian immigration, had someone with me. I, they said, we're not after you. We're after your friend. Uh, you can relax, but, uh, you know, you're going to have to stay in this room for a while. It's like, so, you know what? I've been stopped, you know, and I've been, but, you know, those days are long ago. Very, those are long ago. You know, it's not like I have problems today. I'm not going to complain about today. Everything has been good for me today. But the reality of it is, everybody, is, you know, people 
don't get that this is a dangerous business. 109, 109, um, what do you call this? 109 uh, uh, journalists have been killed by the Israelis. They're targeting them, everybody. They're tracking cell phone numbers, okay? They're tracking cell phone signals. They're tracking all of this information that they have on these reporters when they file their reports. And they're, they've got it all. They track it with the GPS. You gotta literally have your phone in a Faraday cage. You cannot, and then you gotta go live. You gotta cut it off, but you gotta be on the move within a few minutes. That's the reality of being a reporter dealing with the Jewish question or the Jewish problem in the Middle East today. If you're a Gaza reporter, you're a Palestinian reporter, you're a Syrian reporter, an Iraqi reporter, even perhaps not so much so, but perhaps a Jordanian reporter. I don't think here in Saudi we have a very good group here watching over Saudi. But nonetheless, if you are a reporter anywhere in the world and you are dealing with an initial, uh, let's just say an agenda like the Gaza the Gaza situation today, you have to put your phones in Faraday cages. You cannot leave it exposed. And no joke, guys. You got to be in a Faraday cage. Then you got to go out. You have to be on a schedule. You can't stay in one place or anywhere else. Not possible. If you go live with something, you get up, but you must be leaving immediately. You can't just stay. Put your phone back in your Faraday cage and you move on. Now, if you guys don't understand that that's how it works here, then okay, wake up. Wake up. This is the reality of the market today. These guys play for keeps. They are here to control the world. Do you understand? Jewish people are here to control the world. They feel by controlling Western nations, they control the most innovative aspects of it, at least traditionally. Of course, the Chinese have come a long ways. Japanese have come a long ways. These are two, two of the two very intelligent races out there. They've come a long ways. But it, but by controlling Western ingenuity, the Western language, Western logic for so many years, they feel and still feel to this day that they have a right, an obligation, a duty to kill Amalek, which is you and me, and to control the world. It's very simple. And they're not joking about it. Now, I was talking about Dmitry Medvedev. Um he was out there saying literally, and I'm quoting here, there's also non-systemic opposition in the West. You might consider people like me and you to be that. It by no means wishes for the death of its motherland. That's correct. We don't wish for the death of our countries. Why would we want that? We There, there are countries. Why would we want to give California away to a bunch of immigrants, for instance? Why would we want to give New York away to a bunch of communist immigrants? Why do we, we want our country? That means we don't give it away. Says here, but sees a new path for its development, meaning our countries. It is different, both left and right, each with, each with its own national program, which opposes American globalism. It is found in every EU country and even overseas, which is, of course, the United States. He continues, of course, the new politicians are much more sensible and motivated than the overweight cats. I can't imagine someone using that language. If I could talk to Medvedev, I'd say, man, that's a term I haven't heard in a long time. <clears throat> cats, huh? Um. 
And our task is to support such politicians and their parties in the West in every possible way, helping them apertum et secretum to achieve decent results in elections. Basically saying we're going to like kind of like, uh, I don't know, involve ourselves in international politics. I'm not so sure I'm for that, but nonetheless, you get it. Their arrival in public administration, meaning this new thinking people like people like us, can radically improve the political landscape in the Western world. That is why they are so feared by the smart-ass intellectual castrati who would lead the old political forces in Europe and overseas, that would be us Americans, as well as the sexist rainbow wimps who today stand at the helm of many Western countries. Now, listen to what he said again. The sexless rainbow wimps who stand at the helm of many Western countries. See, most people out there in the world today, especially the leadership, understands clearly that the United States is a Jewish slash pedophilia slash LGBTQ Sodom and Gomorrah-led set of nations. The collective West is nothing but Jewish slash LGBTQ heaven. And everything we see going on in the world today has everything to do with the fact that this is LGBTQ slash Jewish um, heaven on earth. This is what it's all about. And you know what's interesting? You hear a lot about the boomers, you know, the boomers, ah, the boomers, the boomers, the boomers, right? They hear a lot about that. Well, there's a new new uh, story came out on Microsoft Network, MSN. Is it Microsoft Network or, I don't know, I think MSN is Microsoft Network. And it's very interesting because... <clears throat> If I can open this. No, I don't want that. I want to open it, guys. Open the thing. There you go. Uh, the story here is very good because the, it's out by Fortune Magazine. If you remember, Fortune Magazine was at one time a premier magazine. Now I think it's just a woke piece of crap, probably. I don't know. I've lost track of them, right? <clears throat> but the title by a, looks like a woman, Oriana Rosa Royal. And it quotes here, woke, woke, put that in quotation marks, Gen Z men are actually more likely than baby boomers to believe feminism does more harm than good, research says. Now, I'm not sure what they mean by the term woke. Maybe they're trying to insult woke young guys that are saying, hey, look, we don't like the women we're getting out of this generation. Maybe they get it. So Gen Z has often been touted as the most inclusive generation, yet goes the story. It's the demographic that's leading discussions around mental health, sexual experiences, and politics. But new research shows that feminism doesn't make the cut in their progressive views. It says here, for a growing cohort of young men, the radical belief that women should be allowed the same rights, power, and opportunity Opportunities as their male counterparts is even harmful. So you can see that all of this digression of the female um, 
I guess the female demo, I guess if I can say that, the female demographic within America and the West. Listen, women have, have bought into so much of the crap that, uh, frankly, it's, it's, um, destroying our civilizations and maybe women will say no that's not true but i think there's a lot of women out there that would agree with with what i'm saying here you know you can't have what what very few people i don't want to get into the dating business here or the dating thing and relationships but i guess i'm going to divulge just for about a minute or so on this it's very simple is that what what women don't understand today today is that for men women are their biggest investment it's bigger than their house. It's bigger than their car, for sure. It's bigger than everything else they're going to do. Women are, or your wife is, is really, for men, the biggest investment they're ever going to have. And in today's world, where it is so tilted towards women rights, women this, women that, how do you tell a man today, a young guy coming along, to invest heavily in this woman, which would be his wife, and at any instant she can just turn around and take everything that he invested including the kids take away the house he's got to start all over again again the whole dynamic the whole legal dynamic that's been set up in the united states around feminism has made it to where it's become purely it's not about setting setting up shops setting up a family you know settling down together and building a family it's not about that anymore at least to many men. I, I know. I kind of get it. And they're saying, hey, look, feminism, listen, why are we granting them the same rights? What are we, just sugar daddies so they can just milk us? And when they're tired of us, they throw us out the door? And when divorce is over 50%, guess what? The odds are not in your favor when divorce is over 50%. So moving forward for the younger generation... It clearly is a problem. And they say they're more about this than, gen, gen, than the boomers were. Yeah, well, because most of our women in the boomer generation were still traditional. You know what I mean? So we didn't have to deal with a lot of this. Towards my age, the younger age, yeah, they became more feminized or feministic. But nonetheless, our generations, the boomer generation, women were still pretty good. Anyway, I don't know why we talked about that, but we have. It's the bench inside the eye back after this. It's a completely unexpected assortment of people. There is no thread that I can find that connects all of the people who've popped up in my life to be that lone, brave person in the crowd who says, no, thank you. You could not have known who these people are. They don't fit a common profile. Some are people like me. Some of them don't look like me at all. Some of them are people I despised on political grounds just a few years ago. But there is in one case someone who I made fun of on television who was really the embodiment of everything I found repulsive, who in the middle of COVID decided, no, I'm not going along with this. And once you say one true thing and stick with it, all kinds of other true things occur to you. The truth is contagious. And the second you decide to tell the truth about something, you are filled with this, I don't want to get supernatural on you, but you are filled with this power from somewhere else. Try it. I disagree with you. We'll talk about these issues in the open regardless of the color of our skin. The more you tell the truth, the stronger you become. That's completely real. 
that. But you look around and you see these people, and some of them really have paid a heavy price for telling the truth. And they are cast out of their groups, whatever those groups are, but they do it anyway. My dear, I was in deep meditation for our Kundalini Tantric sharing when I sensed a disturbance in the farce. Yes, my darling Michael, I sense it too. Something is changing with my lost weekend with Giuseppe the G-Man. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Listen, guess what today is? Hall day! That's right, Truthaholics. Your lost weekend with Giuseppe now begins on Hump Day. Hump Day! The Sane Asylum Hump Day Hootenanny, Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. The Sane Asylum Thirsty for Truth, Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. The Perfect Triangle, TGIF Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Your Messiac must rest on the Sabbath. Then, the fastest hour in talk radio, the worldwide simulcast of the Sunday Night Sane Asylum on republicbroadcasting.org and speakfreeradio.com. If you miss any live show, head over to the podcast section at speakfreeradio.com to guzzle you some truth. You're listening to Speak Free Radio, the free speech internet radio platform. everybody welcome back it's the patch and uh yeah okay good all right it's the patch inside the eye live intelligent 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 something or other media i almost said music intelligent media for the politically aware it's like my brain just like Right. But nonetheless, here we are. It is, uh, again, a first week of February 2024. So January. Bye bye. Uh, if you're uh, a sports fan, it's going to be a big weekend, I guess, for some people, uh, especially next week. You got the Super Bowl going to be next week. I remember years ago, guys, like 2009. 
I was uh, here in Saudi and uh, here during Super Bowl weekend, right? And back then I was really into the Super Bowl, but there was no way to get it other than to try to find it. There were like a few places, expatriate places that would be open. It was going to air live, something like, a, I don't know, four in the morning, some ridiculous thing like that. And But they were going to have it. And uh, I remember it was... Uh, I was able to get it on the cable network inside my hotel room, and I watched part of it, and I think I fell asleep. It was just like, I can't watch this. Too too long. Too long, and it's too much, too too late slash early for me to get through. But nonetheless, I haven't heard too much about it. People don't talk about American sports here, to be honest with you. It's not something in their, in their genre. In fact, most people aren't really into sports at all, so it doesn't matter. <clears throat> all right. Telephone lines, if you'd like to get in, 323-275-1314. If you'd like to do like Jimmy did a bit earlier today, uh, come in through speakfreeradio.com. That's speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL. And uh, that gets you in the studio area. We have streaming video from time to time when we're not choking up with the bandwidth issues. So I think right now we're streaming the video, something like that. But it's at, uh, again, speakfreeradio.com forward slash I tell on a week where yours truly has actually looks like I have been really banned out of uh, my accounted gab. I just can't access the darn thing. Can't get in. <laughs> it says I'm blocked. It's coming, excuse me, from Cloudfair. And uh, so if you, I've like lost all my social media accounts, guys. How did, It would be like disheartening back in the old days, but uh, what can I say? It is what it is. I'll figure out a way to try to rebuild something. You can still join me over at uh, Telegram, by the way, at Radio ITEL. Telegram at Radio ITEL. I got like a whole nine guys there. And uh, I may start actually broadcasting from there. I, I'm done thinking, well, hell, I'm blocked everywhere else. So maybe I just broadcast there too. <clears throat> so what else is news? Let's kind of push this. So I want to get into the Middle East a little bit because obviously the Middle East is, uh, Blowing up, as you guys can imagine, you probably heard interesting developments. You know, we had this uh, Tower 22 event. They claimed it was Jordan. Jordan says, no, it's not us. Today, there was a story went out that the Jordanians Air Force actually contributed to uh, the mission today and were given targets to bomb. And I'm like, Really? Jordan? I mean, as you guys know, I, I lived in Jordan for 10 years, you know, and I knew quite a lot of the institutions in Jordan. I was on more than a few of the military air base on the air bases and a couple of the uh, land bases had friends of mine that were very high and key within uh, King Abdullah's special operations forces uh, training center uh, visited out there, you know, so I, I used to know a lot, you know, people in the intelligence services all over, knew lots of people in Jordan. I was there a long time. Jordan's a very small country, by the way. You know, it's very, very, very small. It's like smaller than Los Angeles when you think about it. So it wasn't hard to get to know everybody. Once you were in part of the circle, it was easy to crack the rest of the circle. It wasn't like this was a big challenge. Saudi, on the other hand, it's a big country, you know, 20 some odd million, 27 million, something like that. It's very difficult to crack Saudi Arabia. But Jordan was easy. Iraq would be relatively easy, um, dangerous, but relatively easy. Dubai, uh, difficult. Dubai is actually difficult for reasons I won't get into. <clears throat> but nonetheless, 
Uh, where were we? Uh, we just want to talk about the Middle East, and we were talking about Jordan being given targets. The Jordanians came out today, from what I understand, <laughs> we didn't have any fighter aircraft involved in this, and I'm like, really, I'm thinking to myself, really, Jordan, you really want to get involved with actually flying sorties into Syria? That's not a very smart thing to be doing. You know, you're too small of a country. Um, you're too dependent on the United States. Don't be doing crap like that. I mean, are you out of your mind? Stop playing with the big boys. Just, just, just be smart. You know what I mean? Just be smart. And that's what I was thinking today. But anyways, the Jordanians later today came out and denied they were part of any missions. Uh, but as you know, we had the incident Tower 22 claiming legit. Others that say, no, it wasn't really in Jordan. It was actually in Al-Tamp. The reason why they told you it was Jordan is because, Jordan, you're legally there, but in Al-Tamp, you're not legally there. So you're a target. It's like, what are you even doing there? Seriously, why are you even in, in Al-Tamp? Why are you in Taconico Base? Uh, why are you there basically doing Trump and stealing all the oil from the Syrian people? I mean, really, why? oh, we're there to secure the oil. Yeah, give us a freaking break. Seriously, you freaking morons, you know? Um did you see the event also? I don't have the details in front of me. But it happened around Wednesday. <clears throat> and literally, it looked like a terrorist operation. If you didn't know better and weren't told anything, you would say this is a terrorist operation. And what it was, was you had a couple, I think three Palestinians, I think one of them was actually a journalist, believe it or not, and uh, they were put into a, they were injured and they were inside of a hospital in the West Bank, which is under absolute siege right now by the Israeli goons, you know, these barbarians. The barbarians that Trump would like you to believe are civilized, but no, they're, they're, they're just barbarians, um, the Israelis, the Jews, whatever you want to say. And so what the uh, Israelis did is they literally came in, dressed up, you know, fairy tale Jews, you know, we're, oy vey, you know, we're so clever, right? And so what they did, they came in dressed as medical personnel, seriously, into a major hospital, and then um, proceeded to uh, track down where these guys were at and murdered them right there in the hospital. And you're like, is this the way a state behaves? Seriously. Is this how a nation behaves? You dress up like nurses, you dress up like doctors, then you barge in and you then brandish your weapons as a doctor in an occupied territory, and then you just go murder people in their bedrooms or in their hospital rooms? Is this how a civilized people behave? Mr. Trump, seriously, are you out of your freaking mind? You're going to tell us that's the civilized people of this planet? Power 22, baby. Come on, dude. Seriously, Trump, are you out of your freaking mind? This is why Trump will not be a great president, by the way. He will be a good president, but he will not deal with this one issue, and that's the Jewish problem. Another issue is uh, the Abrahamic Accords. We all heard about the Abrahamic Accords. Uh, it was a deal that was going to bring in First, Dubai, Bahrain, and they normalized relations with the Israeli state. Uh, 
I always knew this was a disaster waiting to happen, and sure enough, it's proving to be that. But nonetheless, the Dubai, uh, the Emirates, they invested a lot of money in the offshore areas of uh, the gas fields off the uh, shore of Gaza and off of Israel and off of contested areas in Lebanon. And then they were going to create a nice little situation where you're going to create a train and you're going to bring bring things into Jordan, You were, or you're going to come into Elot, but you're going to come to Jordan, you're going to ship by train uh, goods over to the western part of Israel, of uh, Saudi Arabia. You're going to reload either on boats and send it into, into Elot, or you were just going to send the train up into Jordan, which is what they're doing now, from what I understand, and then from Jordan, transship to Israel, something to that effect. They're doing that now, from what I understand. People are kind of getting upset about that. But nonetheless, the Abrahamic Accords were designed so that the chief primary economic parties in the Middle East, which would be the Gulf Cooperation Council, primarily Qatar, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Oman, not Yemen, um, what they would do is they would be able to normalize relationship with Israel, benefit from investing in Israeli technology, Israeli gas, and oil off the shore. And what that was going to do was leave the Palestinians with absolutely nothing. The Palestinians were going to be relegated to what would be essentially a footnote of history. That was the plan. And so it was a case of let's move on. We can't make a deal with the Palestinians because we're Jews and this is our land. And the Palestinians are just going to have to go away. And so that's the Abrahamic Accords in a nutshell. However, the Palestinians and others who understood the game, obviously, they said, hey, this isn't going to work for us. So we had the event of October 7th. From what I actually understand, the more I hear about it, the Israelis probably did know about it at some levels. And the people who were supposed to be paying attention were not paying attention. And so everybody just pretended like, well, they were supposed to pay attention. You sent in the the Israeli military to murder about a thousand people. Then you blame it all on the Palestinians. You got idiots like Trump up there saying, you know, these are barbarians. Freaking Trump, it's your your own freaking cousins over there doing the killing, you freaking moron. Wake the hell up already. Enough of your freaking stupid stupidity. It's like, geez, dude. So... What it really looks like, though, is this. Trump was pushing his Abrahamic Accords with his, his, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. And there was a lot of money to be made, a lot, especially with the gas off the shore. You're talking about over a trillion dollars uh, with all the gas. It's probably over 1.2 to 1.3, even maybe three, 2 to $3 trillion off the shore. Plus other, other operations like the, uh, the alternative to the Suez Canal. And the oil transshipment from Elot to uh, Ascalot, Ascadot, or something like that. So there's a ton of money to make, guys. Just a ton of money to be made in the Middle East. And the Abraham Accords was all about the United States and Israel basically benefiting a lot. Actually making Israel more self-sustainable and uh, making a lot of money for people that invested with them. 
But what was the Abrahamic, what really was the Abrahamic Accords when you really broke it down? It was a strategic failure. It was a total strategic failure negotiated by Trump, by Jared Kushner, and the neo, neocon slash the Kudnik branch of the foreign policy establishment in the United States. Plain up. The, mo- the more you think about this, the Abrahamic Accords is what set up the dynamics we are in today. So the more you think about it, Trump's Abrahamic Accords was a strategic failure for the people of the United States, for the people of Israel. It's not such a big deal to the Gulf states because they're not being harmed so much by this as of now. It's not a big deal. But for the United States, for Europe, for Israel, it has been a strategic failure. And there's no other way we should look at this other than Trump, Kushner, set in play an absolute strategic failure. And I know I've said that a lot of times because I want you to start making it like sink into your brain. When you hear the word Abrahamic Accords, think to yourself, this was the great strategic failure of the Trump presidency. Because it failed to really take into account the key problem of the Middle East, which is the Palestinian problem. It's not going to go away. The Israelis are a barbaric satanic, shitty little people. They're sadistic. 60% of Israel today, today, say that the Israeli military is not hard enough on the Palestinians. So basically what the Israeli people, this pre-medieval, barbaric, satanic, evil people are saying is that 33,000 dead, of which like 17,000 are kids, isn't enough. We... It's so frustrating. I'm back here, but I'm not back on StreamYard. We are not back on StreamYard. Are we back on StreamYard? Yeah, we're back on StreamYard. Okay, we are back. Uh, okay, great. So basically, just remember, this is a strategic. Just remember, every time you're at Abraham, of course, failure and, and we'll leave it at that now let's kind of move on with this because as you know it's becoming very very serious here in the Middle East relative to Iraq relative to Syria relative to Israel nobody cares about the shitty little place called Israel uh, Hezbollah up in the north Hamas of course Gaza, uh, Egypt and uh, Saudi I don't think is too much involved right now maybe they are in negotiations I haven't heard too much really that impresses me so much and the issues faces, let me try to find the story real quick so we can just kind of go fast through this, is, uh, hope we don't crash. All right. Uh, we'll deal with this later. Mm, we'll deal, we've already talked about the intuitive. Uh, we've talked about that. Okay, here. Uh, statements coming out today from the Iraqi government. 
And what it is, is there was a, a tax today by United States Air Force B-1B Lancers. Uh, from what I understand, they took off from the UK. They landed at Al-Udayid Air Base in Qatar. And then from Qatar, they then went on to c- complete their mission. The U.S. is saying to have initiated something like 85, 85 um, attacks on tar- 85 targets with 125, what they say, precision ammunition, using again the B-1B bombers, this is according to CENTCOM. And uh, what they were claiming to target is uh, Iran Revolutionary Guard Corps and their some of their facilities. According to what is was being claimed was that the Jordanian Air Force also assisted in the bombing and targets were given to again the Jordanians. I can't. I hope they didn't do that. That's just stupid. Uh, with all due respect, that's stupid. Jordanians should stay out of this. Uh, <clears throat> bad enough you let the Americans use your territory. Uh, U.S. aggression, they say here again, allowed ISIS terrorists to attack Iraqi armed forces. Um, Syrian and Iraqi deaths, of course, have been reported. Many injuries, many civilians, soldiers. Iraqi resistance then has targeted the U.S. base in Conoco, Syria, uh, causing a fire to break out there, according to some sources. That would be inside the base. Washington, the White House, is stating numerous times that it does not intend to get to set up any targets inside of Iran and does not seek war with Iran. And according to Al-Mayadeen sources, the sites targeted by the U.S. and Syria and Iraq were completely empty and had been evacuated before the aggression. Well, they did have about a week to evacuate and have some warnings. Some are saying that the Baghdad government actually told them some of the leaked intel and told them to get, look, these are what's going to get hit. You might want to get your people out of there. Um, Iranian sources told Al Jazeera that CENTCOM claims regarding targeting the IRGC bases in Syria are actually false since Iran has no bases in those regions where the U.S. is bombed. And then in the Red Sea, according to Ambre, a cargo ship was targeted and there's been two explosions actually uh, heard to have happened. Um, I'll get to that story next. See what else we have here. Mm, I think that's all I have on this story so far. But the point we want to make is that there's been massive, and it's supposed. To, this thing's supposed to go on for like two more weeks. Some ridiculous thing like that. So the Americans are going really crazy uh, for the next couple weeks, and um, it's not working in America. Polls above. There's been polls coming out now that U.S. adults are saying that. By a margin of 50% to 31%, um, that the Americans have gone, to, uh, that the Israelis have gone too far. That is as of January 25th through 29. Uh, on November 2 to 4 to 6, it was only 40%. So Israel's lost 10 pe- 10% there. Um, among, that's among U.S. adults. Now, among Democrats, it's 63% of Democrats think that the Israelis have gone too far. Independents, 52%. The Republicans, which is filled with a lot of Zionist nutcases, uh, you know, Israeli Zionist nutcases, Christian Zionists, there's only 33% within the, within the, uh, Republicans. But overall, in America, 50% of U.S. adults now say that Israel has actually gone too far. Uh, so again, that's a 
looking for the opposition forces to the Israelis, for sure. And let me see. This is, uh, I think this is not in English. So I can't do it. <laughs> so anyways, what what people are saying here is that the Israelis obviously have gone too far. But there is a uh, U.S. congressman, and you put that in huge, uh, big quotation marks. The guy wears is known to be wearing his uh, his name is Brian Mast, and he's actually worn his IDF uniform to Congress. And he's actually served in the IDF, works for the IDF. He comes up in Congress wearing the IDF uniform, and he's basically saying that uh, the Israelis haven't done enough. That uh, you know we need to send more money to Israel. We need to commit more genocide. That frankly, there's not enough violence happen against the Palestinians. You need far more violence against the Palestinians. And the guy's not even joking. He's very serious about this. He's saying, look, the children are, are uh, guilty. They're, they're criminals. So we need to kill as many children as possible. Something to this effect. The guy is an absolute nutcase. And yet he's served in the Israeli military. He wears his IDF uniform to Congress. And your own country and you're not occupied i mean think about it how can you claim to not be occupied by some guy jewish guy showing up with his israeli uniform in congress if you know what i mean uh i somewhere i had where is that story if i have it um i don't see it i thought we had the story here pinned um but nonetheless you know there was some uh video of this guy you know talking and people just confirmed saying dude you know you should uh, you know what's the matter with you what do, what do you mean the children are are what do you mean children should more children should be killed what do you mean we need to kill more children i mean what is this so we'll see what happens with that now i don't know if you also followed there was a, a big court icj international criminal court of justice or something like that um and it was uh, targeted by the claims were brought by the Ukrainians against the Russians and i actually i actually uh watched it and i'll tell you what it was a, just a resounding an absolute resounding victory for the russians they got you know the court came sided with uh ukraine on a couple issues but overall um Russia was completely exonerated. This was quite an impressive uh, win for the Israelis or for the uh, Russians. Now, you still have the case, pending case or something with the Israelis ongoing. Uh, I think the Israelis are still in the 30-day response phase. I'm not sure. Maybe there's more to come, but I believe it's in the 30-day response phase. Here's the... Uh, yeah, here it is. Thank you very much for that. Here's the, here's the uh, Brian Mass, okay? Literally, you've got a case now where Israel, look, the, the, the court of justice, international criminal court of justice or whatever it is, is coming right out and saying, hey, look, you know what? It looks pretty much like there's a genocide going on. It pretty much looks that way. And you had Brian Mast up there speaking about you are heartless. You are heartless. Do you realize how heartless you are? You haven't seen the pictures of all the babies being These are not innocent Palestinian civilians across the world. When you're looking at the half a million people starting to go out there. 
that doesn't block it and attack the wall. And inside the I Live is not always so serious, guys. You know, we have a lot of fun on this show, but it just you can't tell. <laughs> We're trying to be serious all the time. But at three, heck, my chat room is so dead right now. It's like I got nine people there. Join us in the chat room, everybody. Inside the <laughs> oh dear, I'm so honored to be your first guest. That is, you are my first guest. Yeah, it's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, it is indeed. I'm thinking a lady co-host. What do you think? I should add a lady co-host to this? Just We'll just change the whole format for Thursday. I'll bring in a lady co-host. I think it's nice if you've got someone you can bench on. <laughs> you should be careful if you use lady co-host. <laughs> oh, dear. Is this live? <laughs> Actually, yes, it is. I'm not listening to this. I'm not listening back to this part. Please. You know, maybe maybe Grizzlin is going to cut this part out. He's going to cut it out and say, this wasn't live. I know they were making a mistake. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back. It's the Fetch Inside on Live. We've been having trouble today, guys. I'm not sure why, but we have seen 
StreamYard, which is where we are broadcasting out of the browser that we are using, has crashed three times today. So um, it seems to be a browser issue. Maybe I will change browsers next week. Uh, we're using a Brave right now. It's my preferred browser, but it seems to be crashing uh, quite a bit. So anyways... Um, before we get into more on the Israeli story, we're going to get more into Gaza, what's happening with the Israelis and Hamas. But let's go out to somebody who's familiar with that side, the backyard over there. Always honest, and let's add always honest to the stage. Hi, always honest. Welcome back to Inside the Eye Live. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, you're a little bit choppy, though. Okay, well, I'm dry. I'm, you know, the whole stream's oh, kind of been a bit choppy this morning, so I apologize for that. Can you hear me? Yeah. Are you no, on the move you. or what? <laughs> Are you driving I, or what? I am on the move. I just dropped my son off. Mm-hmm. I'm driving, yes. Okay. Okay, well, right now you're I was, okay. I you're wasn't driving clear. earlier. I'm going to pull over. I'm, yeah, that's probably I a good really thing. We don't want it. you to be like... Violating the law here, right on live radio. That's not probably not the smartest thing to be doing. They'll be like, "We heard well, you." I have headphones you on. <laughs> I have headphones you know, on, so like, I can still see and use my hands. <laughs> That's funny. There you go. But the fetch is so uh, so entertaining. Maybe maybe you'll say something and you'll like be zoned out and crash. We can't have that. Anyways, yeah, hi, I- welcome. Thank you. Um, so I really love the angle that you came at uh, the whole Jewish thing this morning about how, how archaic and backwards and how the whole world is moving forward and they're still back in Babylon or wherever they originated from. Um, it, it's just such a beautiful place because, you know, they claim to be so intellectual and uh, modern and uh you know, forward moving, and yet they're so stuck in this archaic religion um, of revenge, murder, uh, and control. Um, but, you know, ultimately, it's all based on control um, and control of money. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, recently, uh, occasionally I get hopeful. Uh, most of the time, it's hard to be hopeful, but... Uh, because they have such control in so many different places. But then you see cracks and cracks in the system. For instance, um, there was something in the, in the news a couple of weeks ago, maybe about Penn State, where a couple of students were skunk, Israeli skunk sprayed, uh, on campus by IDF soldiers in America. What? IDF soldiers? Mm-hmm. Two IDF soldiers. Spraying Jewish students. No, who were probably leftist. No, or what? the opposite. It was there was a protest uh, for uh, the genocide in Palestine, and the protesters were or the genocide. Pro, they were pro-Palestinian on Penn in Penn State on campus. So they were students on campus at Penn State protesting and asking for a ceasefire. And they had two supposedly uh, ex-IDF officers, which I don't think is a, is a, is a thing. I don't, can you be an ex-IDF officer? Um, <laughs> and uh, they skunk sprayed 
the students that were protesting uh, pro-Palestinian right on campus in the United States. Were these Jews or non-Jews? Yes, they were Jewish IDF students. So it was another internecine Jewish war. You're not not pro-patriotic enough for us, so we're going to skunk you. Uh, I think it was Jewish IDF soldiers skunking pa- people who are pro-Palestinian on campus. But were the pro-Palestinians Jewish? That's the key point. Because if not, that's an assault. I mean, you don't come onto our freaking country, man. No, they were not Jewish. The they were just regular white students. They should have, they, I swear to God, they should have been literally arrested that day, put on a plane and deported. It's Seriously, and the students not, are making a big deal not, out of it. The yes, they are should. Making a bit, the white the students and the Palestinian students are making a big deal out of it. They keep trying to Absolutely. keep it in the news. Who it's the all hell? over the internet, but nobody's doing anything. They're like two oh. foreign country soldiers have come on and basically attacked. And they, they, yes, they've, exactly. they've done the origination of where the product came from. It's an Israeli skunk. It's that, that junk they spray on, on uh, Palestinians all over Palestine, you know, they, so they two, two things. And how did that, how did that product get into our country? And two, you, you literally assaulted our citizens. Exactly. They should have been arrested immediately. Literally, the embassy should have been called. We're going to have a quick trial. We're going to prosecute you. We're going to find you guilty because you got too many witnesses here. We're going to suspend your sentence and kick your ass out of here and you're never coming back. Or we'll let you sit here in our too. jail for 30 days. They have not publicized this. So the students are trying their damnedest to get it out there so that people in America well, understand you've done that a good it's job. just not publicized out there. They, you know, people like me who are online in alternative places possibly are seeing it. I mean, it was on Telegram one time. I, I downloaded it and kept it. Um, because I'm really careful about what I spread around. Yeah, I, I'm serious. I, as an ex. As an expatriate, always honest, that would piss me off because like that would be like me going onto a campus here and they're protesting about America bombing Syria or something. And somehow I have a right to just come in and start assaulting those people on their own land. You know what? It just boggles my mind that Jews think they can get away with this and they do. Okay. So the because- whole humanitarian, removing the humanitarian uh, aid. Uh, from Gaza is part of their plan to, and, and you this know, goes, this I goes all the way back. This is intentional, to, yes. and it's more than intentional. They're yes, they're is. removing humanitarian aid because they want other countries to take the Palestinians off of their land and move them to their countries. That's you know, what they're forcing. That is the intent. Right. Let, and, and, I, and more than one NGO uh, leader has made comment of this. There's an Israeli woman all over Telegram, an older hag uh basically saying the way we're going to get the palestinians out and take over all the land is by refusing humanitarian aid to them and the other countries yes, will take them that's what that bitch said oh, you know sorry. here's <laughs> you know i know i agree with you i i was going to bring this story up and i'm glad you brought it up so just be patient while i kind of comment on what you just said here unrua United Nations something, uh, refugees, what is UNRWA? United Nations refugee something, something, what is they the pass WA? They humanitarian UNRWA. aid. They, help they do humanitarian aid. They have a huge, 
Yeah, they have a they have a huge warehouse in Amman on the eastern side of Amman. I've been actually out to that. I haven't gone inside, but I've been across the street from this thing. And it, UNRWA, everybody, if you don't know UNRWA, here's the thing. The Israelis are an occupying army. In international law, an occupying army is 100% responsible for those whom they have and are currently occupying over. That means that all of Gaza, all of Palestine, all of the West Bank, since these are occupied territories, under the administrative control of the Israelis, the Israelis are 100% responsible for their well-being under international law. So what Jews have done, and it's very clever, is they've moved responsibility from the Israelis to the United Nations through UNRWA, then they get donor nations, which in this case, the United States is one of the biggest, a couple hundred million, maybe $300 million worth. We're funding UNRWA, which is the responsibility of the Jewish state. And then we're feeding the Israelis. We're taking care of the Israel, or not the Israelis. We're taking care of the Palestinians. We're taking care of the refugees in Jordan. We're taking care of refugees in Syria and wherever else they may need assistance. And every single one of these dollars spent is the responsibility of Jews and the Jewish state. Yes. Now what they want to do, they claimed, I mean, here's a country, the Israelis, they lied about October 7th in every way. They're trying to say the Palestinians did all this butchery and all this. It, it's simply not true. They did a military operation against military outposts, against military personnel. They took over 180 people uh, as prisoners of war, of which over a hundred of those were soldiers, all right? Oh, those are prisoners of war. They're not hostages. They're POWs. This was an, this was an attack. They didn't just kill them. They took them as prisoners of war. They're not hostages. Leave the term hostages out of this. They're POWs. If they're military, they're POWs. Simple as that. So now their well-being is the responsibility of Hamas. And Hamas, from what we can understand, is doing a very good job taking care of them. Now the Israelis come out after they've lied about everything, lied about the the uh, the concert, lied about the cars lined up on Gaza. They're literally blowing up everything with Hellfire missiles, killing most, if not all, of the the concert goers at this big music festival. They lied about everything. Lied about the babies. Lied about the rapes. Lied about everything. Then they're saying 0.07 or 0.042 of a percent of UNRWA workers were involved in this this operation, and because of that, we need to cut all the aid, all of it. They also bombed them. Yeah, and the Israelis are bombing UNRWA. That's correct. And it's like you believe all this, and now you're going to cut all the aid on top of it. How sadistic do you need to get? Because as, as on, always honest is saying here, that's exactly the, that's exactly it. They want to cut off every ounce of support to Palestinians to get them to leave, or they will create what is now a famine because there will be no more food. Yeah. I think they figure we'll tolerate maybe a hundred thousand deaths before other countries will start saying, we're going to move the Palestinians out of there. Maybe that's what our warships exactly. are doing over there. They're going to be the taxis. Uh, and it ain't going to happen. I don't think the, I think the Palestinians at this stage are saying, you know what? There is nowhere else to go. This They've is the last step for us. 
Yeah, this is our last stand because if we go somewhere else, we will lose forever. And, uh, everybody go back to the Abrahamic Accords and everyone's going to be happy making money and Palestinians will become basically a, a people without a land forever. And I think they've understood that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost gone. You know what else is interesting, always honest, is that I, I didn't know this, but Hamas is very formidable. Over 40,000 soldiers are very well trained. They aim those freaking, those, those, uh, RPGs. I mean, they're accurate, and they man. They, they, it's like they, I don't know if you can hear me, but you're, I, I'm not receiving a signal. There's nothing here. Okay. I, there you are. No, we are not back. Yes. It looks like we are yeah, back. Yeah, are back. Yeah, yeah. StreamYard is just back. freezing up a lot. The, the, I'm using is just stopping for whatever reason. Anyway, we're talking about Hamas, right? Did, Did you, you know, know that there's a Hamas. That Seventy. It's estimated. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Who owns it? it the Israelis. Launched, yeah, it was launched out of Tel Aviv, and it has a tracking system on it. So if you go on the website, it tracks all your information. Oh darn it. That doesn't surprise me. Israelis are such freaking morons. You know, yeah. what I mean, they're just morons. Um, Sorry. Yeah. What I wanted to say was this: the, the the Hamas, the soldiers, the actual ones doing the fighting, it's estimated between seventy to eighty percent of the soldiers were orphans. Can you imagine? 40,000 plus soldiers, 70 to 80 percent of these soldiers were orphans themselves. And you think to yourself, wow, why are they so motivated? And they're willing to sacrifice even themselves, even their current families, because they already know what it's like. They've been through it because they were kids themselves who lost their kids, their, their, their uh, mothers and sisters and siblings. And that's, you're talking about an army literally of orphans. That's amazing to me. Well, they're motivated. Well, yeah, I guess so. If you saw your, your family killed off by these freaking barbarians, you know, over in Israel, I mean, yeah, I would imagine you would. Mm-hmm. We understand um, it's not going well for the Israelis. There are a lot of puffery right now. These Americans are trying to help them out, but it's very bad for the Israeli people. I understand I there's a lot South of South, problems I inside think, of Israel. Sorry, I think we're breaking up, but what I wanted to say is I think that South Africa, and I wanted your opinion on this, um, is basically they've gone back and they've realized that the Jews kind of did the same thing and caused the apartheid and what happened in South Africa and was controlled by actually happened in like 1948 was when they took over control in South Africa. And from they've gone back in their history. And so they're going after Israel and suing them at this point and pursuing them for the genocide. Not just for the Palestinians, but also for themselves. Yeah, I found it curious also because a lot of us know that it followed South Africa. We've had Jan Lamprecht. We haven't been able to get him on for like years now, but he used to be always like our lead guest for the year back in the day. He would always be like the first guest we'd bring in for every year. He did this for many years in a row. And he will tell you all about the Jewish destruction of South Africa. So, you know, it's very curious because the blacks in South Africa have been working with Jews to come to power in 
they be doing this against the Jewish people themselves, whom they have benefited from to come to power in their own country, and their government is getting genocide against the white population already equally. So I thought this is kind of kind of bizarre to me, but it they is did a bizarre do it. Twist. So it's, it's, a bizarre. Twist. it's a bizarre twist for me too. Absolutely. Everything about this is, is unreal and unbelievable. And I'm hoping that we're all here to experience the things that our ancestry would have been proud for us to have experienced and taken care of. That's what I'm hoping. I, I don't know why You're we... Taking care of is, is a key point here. It needs to be dealt with because as a progressive society, um, as human beings, we can't allow one group um, to be so uh, tyrannical, controlling, and um, above everyone else. Uh, th- that, that shouldn't be permitted. None of us should permit that on in any way, shape, or form. And... I think that, you know, um, I think the EU has uh, done um, some type of a draft. I think that they call it something else there. Um, but uh, uh, the 18 to 50-year-old men, 18 to 50-year-olds, like all, all people, men and women, in the United States, they're, they're, they're shooting, they're looking at women, they're aiming at women, uh, young gals, to join the military and go fight over there for, for the Jews. Um, and I really think that people beyond waking up, they just need to not fight for them. They need all of everybody needs to not go and join their militaries and perpetuate the death because as human beings, we don't hate each other. The hate comes from these governments that are controlled by the Jews (laughs) to, uh, they create the hate. You know, we all get along. And there's something I wanted to say, and and I've said this before. um, We don't get to choose how we're birthed or how we get here or who our parents are. And black people can fall in love with white people as Chinese people and uh, Arabic people can fall in love with all different. We all fall in love with different colors. Opposites attract. So when people... um, want to other people who've been born in America and happen to be a mix, a mixed race, um, a mixed culture uh, to go back to their countries just doesn't make any sense to me. I kind of think it's a ridiculous argument. I think that we're all at oh, this point, we're on the land. I think we're so. Americans. We're all Americans yeah. and we need to stand yeah. up for humanity and life and freedom beyond anything else and just put the wars down because they're and i liked what that guy who called uh, i can't remember what his name is is it peter maybe uh, the first caller where he said world war one world war two and, yeah, and world war jew that's it that's where we're at <laughs> I mean, if they really think that they're going to lose yeah. control, and yeah. I believe they're going to push, they're going to push it. And I don't know if they're going to they're going to hit Europe first and then move to America, but I do believe at some point, beyond just causing chaos in our cities and uh, whatever uh, dark element they've allowed to come in here and actually put in here to control the cities and take over the cities, people need to understand what it is and know that you know 
they don't know all the protesting and what's happening in the other countries. They don't know what happened in France. All the people that were getting killed by those wackos that they're bringing in from other countries that hate each other. It's Americans are Americans. We're here and we need to all stand up and tell, don't, don't allow our children to go fight. Um, and everybody needs to see what's going on and not be afraid of Jewish people because it's fear of saying anything about Jews um, because of their power and what they can do to us. And as a group, united we stand, divided we fall. If we keep allowing people to get divided and peeled off and put in jail and do nothing about it, like the January 6th, people are all in jail. Nobody's doing anything, saying anything. You know, you got the same piece of poop, uh, Trump running again. Um, by the way, I think they're going to sneak Michelle Obama. Big Mike's going to sneak in there into into the into the uh, election. Just just to throw that in there, I think they're going to throw Big Mike in there somewhere. And maybe maybe that's that's who yeah, our I next so, our next president's going to be a freaking black tranny. And that's the representation of yes, where we've gotten to in America. That's, hey, that's what, we've hit bottom. Yeah, that's what. Med- yeah, that's what Medvedev said. He said, you know, all these uh, rainbow freaks, I don't know what his exact term, but all these rainbow, you know, freaks basically heading up the Western world. And he's calling it straight out, you know, all these sexless uh, LGBTQ warriors, you know, leading the West. And they, how, how can they lead anything? And yet we keep to, keep allowing it. It's crazy. I don't get it. Like, is it a hypnosis? I, I, I understand a lot of people have been injected with that, that junk they put into everybody's bodies. Uh, by the way, they changed one word in the, in the Bible, how they say uh, the, the mark of the beast is going to be on your body. The word they changed was on. It's actually in your body. So all of these people from day one that, that have taken this injection have taken the actual death shot. And the more they take of them, the closer to death they that they get. They're just, you know, I don't want to throw off subject at that far, but um, there was a study on these mRNA injections done in 2013. Um, and there was 200,000 people in it. And it was for some, you know, benign disease. They gave everybody in the study, all 200,000 people, one injection every month for 12 months. Uh, two or three people went online and exposed it. They broke the, the non-disclosure, their NDA agreement with the organization that did the study, and they spoke out because when they went to the doctor, they found out that the majority, over 195,000 people, died after 12 injections, but none of the symptoms or they either had strokes, heart, heart attacks, strokes or heart attacks. And most of them, if not every single one of them, and even the two people that were exposing it had heart attacks or their hearts just stopped. So all 200,000 people, there were five people left when these two I people heard were about exposed. That. It was like, yeah, I think this was like uh, going back to like 2012, something like no, and always knew how dangerous mRNA was because this study literally everybody died. Everybody, everybody died. died. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, everybody died. I mean, I mean, you're injecting this thing once a month. I mean, 
for Basically, 12 months they just and then them. they stop and then it goes a yeah. whole year and then people started dropping like flies. So, and But the key is the amount of injections. That's why they keep going for booster and booster and more booster and one more booster. I don't know what booster we're on here in the United States, but... <laughs> All right. Good stuff. On more. Hey, good stuff. Thanks for calling me. We'll Sorry back for right taking you all over the board. Have a great day. All right. Thanks for calling. the people who are most woke and who use the term privileged in that pejorative sense, which Mm. means you have to shut the fuck up. (laughs) They are overwhelmingly white, Mm. affluent, and well-educated. In other words, they are the privileged. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's the privileged who are telling other white people to shut the fuck up. And the irony of this self-selected elite is that they're getting down on everyone else for being privileged, but what they really want is more privilege for themselves. It is a kind of greed, because on top of having all the money and the great education and all the status, that's not enough for them. Mm. They have to have the moral high ground. Yeah. That white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. Let me tell you a scary story. An economics professor at a local college made a statement that she had never failed a single student before, but had recently failed an entire class. The class had insisted that socialism worked, that no one would be poor, and no one would be rich. A great equalizer. The professor then said, okay, we will have an experiment in this class. All grades will be averaged and everyone will receive the same grade. No one will fail, but no one will receive an A either. After the first test, the grades were averaged and everyone got a B. The students who studied hard were upset and the students who studied little were happy. As the second test rolled round, The students who studied little studied even less. And the ones who studied hard decided they wanted a free ride too, so they studied little. The second average test result was a D. No one was happy. When the third test rolled round, the average was an F. As the test proceeded, the scores never improved. As bickering, name-calling and blame all resulted in hard feelings and no one would study for the benefit of anyone else. To their great surprise, all failed. And the professor told them that socialism would ultimately fail. Because when the reward is great, the effort to succeed is great. When the government takes away all the reward, no one will try or want to succeed.
And that is socialism, my friends. A race to the bottom. You are listening to Speak Free Radio, the free speech internet radio platform. back it is the fetch that is banjo time and uh i'll tell you that's been a fast a very fast show today we've had a couple of hiccups uh, those hiccups we have identified today is just the browsers crashing for whatever reason um we're having a browser crashes with the uh stream yard uh, studio but uh anyways for the most part everything is good uh we are still streaming video from time to time i don't know if that's actually being caused by um uh, what do you call this? Uh, I don't know if this is being caused by bandwidth issues. I'm not sure why it's crashing, but anyways, we are just being patient. We let it crash and then we just kind of like re come back on and everything is kind of cool. We kind of get it. So we've gotten through the show pretty well and that's a good thing. All right. So going back to the Middle East again, you've had uh, a, a lot of uh, obviously angst, but it looks like uh, with Hamas and Israel, uh, the Israelis, along with the Qatars and uh, Qatar, Egypt, and the United States, I believe, they put together with the Israelis some type of uh, ceasefire agreement, let's just say a proposal. Hamas so far has uh, purportedly is looking at it. Uh, it's supposed to be an all for all type of uh, an all for all uh, type of agreement, meaning that all of the Israelis will be released as well as all of the Palestinians. And now for the Palestinians, the Israelis, as we know, are just a barbaric Neanderthal, sadistic, sick people. So they've been arresting people, literally taking hostages left and right in the West Bank. Um, literally, who knows how many a day, but it's up to like six and a half, seven thousand people now held by the Israelis inside of uh, the West Bank. So you're looking at exchanging a potential 180 uh, uh, Israelis, of which about 100 are military personnel or prisoners of war, uh, to like 75 7,500 or something like that. It's like a 35 to 1,000 exchange or something like that. It's something like something like that or 35 to 1,500 exchange, something like this. And, and it's unfortunate, but if you don't understand the Israelis, um, what they, what they believe is that, listen, what matters the most is no deals be made with any enemy force. Don't reward them at all. That means that if you are an Israeli soldier and you are captured by the enemy, 
rather than most people, like we work to get our POWs back, the Israelis have a standing policy known as their Hannibal Directive. And it literally means you kill your own people so that we don't have the political problem of having to exchange you later. We're sorry you were captured, but, you know, you should have fought to the death or you should have taken a cyanide pill, should have done something. But if you don't, you know, if you get captured as a POW or whatever, it is the policy of the Israeli government to kill you, literally. So here you are, a big, brave Jewish soldier, right? And you get captured by the enemy. Well, you now got two enemies because your enemy that just captured you, they're going to try to take care of you. But now your own government, your own military, your own friends, they're out there now to kill you, literally. And that's, of course, a big problem for the Israeli soldiers. Uh, they're stupid enough to live with it, I guess. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a very big problem for Israel. Israel's going through a lot of turmoil right now. Whether or not Israel really can survive, we have to wait and see. Interesting developments, because Israel right now has abandoned like all of the north, northern part of Israel, what they call the Galilee area. I mean, literally, Israel's deserted in the north. So, okay. Should there be a war, it's probable that Hezbollah up in Lebanon would take all of northern Israel. Just take it. There's nobody there. There's been reports of Israelis, Israeli houses being shelled by Hamas. Well, the reason they're being shelled is because the Israeli military has made it that, like, uh, let's just kind of, like, hang out in uh, Moshe's uh, house here, you know? Well, the Palestinian or the Hezbollah fighters find out about it, and they just blow up Moshe's house, taking out a few Israelis with them. So it's kind of, like, been some type of order now not to, not for, for the Israeli soldiers not to hang out in people's house, because, you know, they're, like, getting hit, something to that effect. So it's a big, it's really a fascinating time to watch what's going on in Israel. What we've really seen out of all of this Israeli nightmare is that Israel, as a people, as a nation, is really one of the most backward, sadistic, evil, criminal empires the world has ever known. <clears throat> one of the worst. And we've always known that. Let's be honest. We have always known that. We just kind of like never really got to talk about it so much. We just didn't want to talk so much. But nonetheless, it's kind of like out there for everybody to see now. Uh, I got a story from uh, Jez regarding Jez Turner. If you remember Jez Turner, he was a uh, activist in the UK and he was on our show here, I think in 2016 was arrested about three to four months later, something to that effect. And uh, his crime, everybody, this was his crime. Um, he essentially gave a speech, and he accurately stated that um, something to the effect that uh, there was a Jewish police group called the Shomrim, and he basically brought this to people's attention. And that basically he didn't think that there should be a separate Jewish police operating in the UK. And well, this was seen as a hate crime. You know, who are you to dare to speak about the Jewish people? We Jews, again, 
control everything about your life. We will do whatever we want to you. And uh, they basically imprisoned him. I'm not sure whatever happened to Jez. I think he's been released from prison. But my goodness, you just talk about the showroom and why are we having a separate police force inside of our country? And that's that's cause to get jailed, literally in the, in the, in in this rather bizarre, I don't know, dystopian world that is the United Kingdom. Absolutely insane, but it really is happening. Uh, let's see. We were talking about Brian Mast. You know, literally Brian Mast showed up one day, I think in October, something like that, October 23rd or something like that, wearing his IDF uniform. Shows up at the U.S. Congress, and he's wearing his IDF uniform. Now, I don't know about you, but if that doesn't say we are now living in an occupied country, I'm sorry. Since when do U.S. military people go to another country and sit inside the Congress and vote against or for whatever uh, inside of that other nation's Congress, aside from the fact that when we were an occupying power? Maybe when we were an occupied power. Yeah, we did that. But we were, at least we admitted we were an occupying power. Uh, that's not happening here inside of the United States. We need to be very clear that, um, uh, we need to get these occupying enemies out, literally out of our country. In this case, uh, if he holds a U.S. passport, he's, uh, he's clearly a sponsor of genocide. Again, maybe he should be tried, uh, arrested, tried, and put away for life for being a sponsor of international genocide or genocide. Going back to Iraq, Here's Alex Jones' comment, by the way, relative to Iraq or what's going on in the Middle East. He says, they attacked us. This is a controlled response. This is a rare time that Biden did not take the bait and did the right thing. Alex, shut the frick up, dude. Come on. They're hitting something like 85 different locations. Give us a break. And from what I understand, by the way, they're actually targeting a group that is... uh that is, uh, I don't know, it's paramilitary units that belong to the Iraqi military, something like that. They're actually legitimate forces within the Iraqi government, Iraqi military establishment. And it's like, think about that for a second. You know, the group, which is called Al-Hashid Al-Sha'abi, that's who the United States is attacking. They were formed back in June of 2014. This was back when the Islamic State uh, G- were overrunning much of western Iraq and eastern Syria. And they're known in English, literally it means the Popular Mobilization Forces. They're a militia coalition. And they were literally created to stop this ISIS slash ISIL advance in Iraq and into Syria. Uh, the Group, again, this is what the Americans are attacking. They are loyal to the Iraqi government. They are formerly a part of Iraq's military. It consists of over 60 different armed factions, incorporating representatives from every major ethnic and religious denomination and sect in Iraq. There are Shias, there are Sunnis, there are Christians in these, there are Yazidis, there are Turkmen, and there are Kurds, which are your main ethnic groups of Iraq. So again, the United States is going after a group called the Al-Hashid al-Sha'abi. 
Again, Al-Hashid al-Sha'abi is also known locally as Popular Mobilization Forces. It is 60 different groups spread out across Iraq. It is comprised of every major ethnic group within Iraq, whether they be Shias, Sunni, Christian, Yazidi, Turkmen, or Kurds. And literally, the PMS has been involved in every major engagement against ISIL forces inside of Iraq for the most part. So what happened was the Pentagon and, and Trump, he talks a lot about how we defeated ISIS, we defeated ISIS. Well, the reality of it is, is that while the U.S. military was doing a lot of its work in this air, it or the PMFs, and the PMF in particular here, that actually did quite a lot of the heavy lifting, especially inside of Iraq. So now imagine Biden is going out and he is now attacking these PMFs. Okay, the popular mobilization forces. That's what's happening. The U.S. tried to get them to disband after the ISIL defeat. The PMAs did not. They were basically absorbed into the Iraqi military as basically, let's just say, militias off to the side. You know, just just uh, the, still they're recognized by the government of Iraq. So what's happening now is the United States military is literally inside of Iraq attacking Iraqi military units. That's what's happening. American military is inside of Iraq as an occupying force attacking and killing Iraqi military, recognized Iraqi military units. And the reality is these units probably had nothing to do with what happened over there inside of Syria or Jordan, whatever, at Tower 22. That was probably a different group, which came out and said, we will cease all actions against the Americans. And they've actually shut that down. They didn't want to embarrass the uh, Iraqi government. So they said, we will stop attacking the Americans. We'll deal with fighting against the Israelis a different way. So the PMF has a storied history inside of Iraq. They've been seen as a beneficial force to the Iraqi people. They have saved a lot of people. They've been very constructive in defeating ISIL. And you have to ask yourself, why is it that Washington wants to destroy them? Why is it that the Israelis want them destroyed? And the main reason is because the PMFs have a very loose structure. They're very difficult to control. And Iran has been very beneficial to helping with the funding, uh, let's just say salaries, some of the military, let's say some weaponry, etc. And the United States has been trying to get rid of these guys since 2017. And they failed, absolutely failed. Now, another issue is what's happening in Paris, France and Belgium and Germany. Now the Hungarians are going to come on board. We've seen some actions coming out of uh, uh, Poland, and that is these strikes by the farmers. You can go into certain places inside of France now, uh, Germany, and there's absolutely no food in, inside of the uh, the grocery stores. Completely barren. It's like, okay, well, you want us to not survive anymore. This is what it's going to be like when we don't survive. You're not going to have food. 
No farmers, no food. It's very simple. You want to declare war on the farmers, then there will be no food. This is what it's going to be like. So why are you upset that we are not delivering food? You want us out of business? Okay, we'll just go ahead and protest till we're out of business. But now you can see ahead of time before we get there what it's going to be like. Well, while all of this is going on, the American, not the American, the EU has turned around and given, guess it, what, $55 billion to fund Ukraine out through like 2027, early 2028, a $54 billion euro package, multi-year package. That's assuming Ukraine lasts that long, of course. I mean, think about that. Where would the American people be today if there were no mass immigration and the U.S. government supported the American people with a bailout of, let's say, $100 billion that they gave uh, to Ukraine? Where would the American people be right now? No immigration, but you're going to get $100 billion, basically not a... uh, a loan, not a grant, you're going to get, let's just say, a rebate from your government of $100 billion. How well off would the people be? I would assume people would be pretty well off if we could divide $100 billion into, let's say, 270 million households in America. We do pretty well, I'm sure. Well, the Ukrainians are going to be taking 54 billion euro while the farmers are being told to shut down because of, quote-unquote, climate change. Where would the farmers be today if that $54 billion or euro was going to go to the farmers of... Floods, droughts, and wildfires last year were just a preview of what is to come. A hotter climate and nature loss are changing our economy and our financial system. At the ECB, we must understand this change to ensure financial stability and to fulfill our price stability mandate. With our new climate and nature plan, we focus on the following three things. First, the green transition. Second, the growing physical impact of climate change. And third, the risks from nature loss and degradation. We will study the impact on the economy and the financial system. This will help us improve our own models. We will also work to reduce our carbon footprint in everything we do. From banknotes to... Okay, and we're back. Yeah, thank you for that. Don't ask me why this thing goes out, dudes. It's just... It just it is. It's it's just crappy, crappy connections. Uh, but at least I now don't know what the problems are. When you tell me quick enough, I can solve it. So, anyways, guys, the whole thing is it's just absolutely annoying. It's annoying listening to politicians going and droning on and on and on again about carbon, 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 carbon. Guys, listen. You should have a very strong mindset here. The more carbon dioxide you can produce, the better. The better. Because carbon dioxide, once again, is part of the circle of life. No matter how much carbon dioxide you actually produce, 
all of humanity combined will not be more than 0.05 of a percent probably of the total carbon dioxide in the oxygen today or in the atmosphere today. You're never going to be able to create that much carbon dioxide. Nature will take care of herself when it comes to carbon dioxide. But the idea that you're going to capture carbon dioxide means you're going to capture one of the basic building blocks of the circle of life. And it is the dumbest thing I keep hearing people talk about. You know, I have LinkedIn. You know, you guys, maybe you have LinkedIn. And I go on to LinkedIn. It's like, our new technology will capture carbon at three times the rate of the old technology. I'm like, what, that's supposed to be good? How is how is destroying the circle of life good? If you can come up with a way to express it that to where you're not reducing carbon, all right, I'll listen to you. Because, okay, maybe you want to reduce the sulfur in the air. And by reducing, let's say, uh, burning of, chem- of gas and fuel, that's going to help in the sulfur reduction. Okay, I get that. I get it. But if you're going to talk to me about carbon... Dude, you're just being an idiot. Again, you, you, you turn me off immediately. I'm not interested in how much carbon you can remove because all you're going to do is tell me you're... we are back again. And again, I don't know why that thing is cutting off, but it is. Uh, it is what it is. It's uh, Anyways, we should be going out. we got about a minute to go. We want to thank everybody for coming by to listening again. Uh, probably say good night. Good, good day, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. And... Um, We'll be back next week, obviously, for another edition of Inside the Eye Live. You know, <clears throat> keep, we're going to keep trying to fix in these uh, technical issues. But again, pay attention to the Middle East this week. Pay attention to the U.S. economy. You know, it looks like uh, the Fed's not going to be reducing rates. They keep talking about, uh, oh, I don't know, we've got the... Too many uh, jobless people out there, you know. A lot of, a lot of not jobless. They look for a lot of new jobs on the market. But I wonder just how many of that is brought about by uh, people getting sick from COVID vaccines. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody.